Well, hello there, Dad and lovely listeners. It's me, your good buddy, Uncle Ben. And me, Hollywood Steve. And we're reporting to you from the new chaos dimension that the CERN uh, Large Hard-On Collider unleashed today, July 5th of 2022. It's a chaos dimension, Steve. Complete chaos. Good. 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 Yeah. So we needed this. We needed a chaos dimension. Stuff I really was think. getting so boring, so predictable. <laughs> I, You know what? We need to mix it up. I mean, yeah, honestly, the rise of fascism is predictable, so... Yeah, honestly, it kind let's of is. Just, yeah. yeah, let's just go with... Uh, bring on the, the chaos dimension. I think so. I mean, uh, you, you know, listen to this podcast we're doing today. We're not talking about a horror movie like we usually do. We're talking about a Harry Potts. In fact, a six one. A Harry Potts and a Half Blood Prince. What? What's going on here? <laughs> Total chaos. What are we doing? Why do we do this? Because it's Harry Potter's birthday this month, and we've done it every other year. So... There we are. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, the primary reason is we've done it every other year, because, boy, I would have given up uh, probably post... When did she start with the turf tweets? Uh, I think that was around, like, our third or fourth year of doing yeah, this. When yeah, we were like, that, oh, do you guys want us to keep doing this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, we just kind of dunk on the movies anyway, so... Eh, yeah. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, and I, I kind of I kind of rekindled a little bit of the spirit by um, I watched that anniversary thing they did on HBO that just basically Dude. ignored her entirely. That's a good um, way to do it. Yeah, yeah, um, and they included that like early on. They included that Dumbledore quote about like you know you don't have to be what you were born. You can become whatever you want to be or whatever. And yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, Dumbledore was saying you can be trans, and you can see why trans kids listen to or read these and were like, "Oh my god, I can be who I want to be." Yeah, I get and it. How I'm devastating yeah. it is for an asshole to be like, <laughs> "No, you don't exist." Oh yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Could be something anyway. Like that. <laughs> if you want to get straight to the movie review, there's a timestamp for you down there in the uh, the podcast description. If you're like, "Damn, I'm looking to these guys to find out if I should watch the sixth <laughs> Harry Potter specifically," I watched I, one through five. I don't know yeah. if I should do the next one or not. I really want to imagine that person is real. That there's really somebody out there who's just been watching along with us. And they're just like, nope, I'll wait till next year. I'll I'm wait till next year. I'm not going to watch the next one until I hear if they recommend it. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I got to four, and I was like, you know what? I don't know. I should wait for their voice on this to see if it's worth watching. So I'm going to hold I wouldn't want to waste my time, so I'm going to wait an entire year. Yeah. So, you know, you can do that if you want to. But sure. you know what? I'll tell you what, dude. Before we get to that stuff, we're going to catch up, shoot the shit, talk some Harry Potter stuff. And uh, yep. I have got to crack me open a co-beer because... I'm reporting to this podcast about three hours later than I intended to because in this new chaos dimension that Sir, uh, the CERN machine has unleashed, uh-huh. boy, it's been an entire day. It was a whole day by about three o'clock today. So I'm going to go ahead and crack me open a co-beer. This is one that was left over here by my good friend, Flat Earth Mitch Trueblood, that big <laughs> dumb piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> he came we, to my birthday party the other for, day. We I don't know why we haven't uh, made fun of Mitch for no reason in a long time. <laughs> yeah, for no reason, even though he doesn't believe in Flat Earth. We just like to dunk no, on him. No, so Mitch there. is the best. <laughs> he left this uh, this beer over here, which, dude, was a surprise because it is a depth perception Imperial IPA by Terrapin. Terrapin, oh, I typically okay. refer to as Terrible Terrapin. I don't usually yeah. like their beers. 
Yeah, I'm the same. I mean, either, either I don't like it or I'm just meh on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's not been one I don't think that I've ever really just enjoyed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy is actually pretty awesome. It's like 9.1%. Oh, cool. It's a clear IPA. It's not a hazy or anything. Uh-huh. And, uh, man, it just has a really bright, hoppy, kind of piney nature about it that gets pretty dang good to me, dude. Hell yeah. Mm. Get it, Terrapin. It's a tasty beer. Little, little soapy, but like in the good way, you know? It's like what right, you yeah, wanted soap to taste like, you know? Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> dude, I'm telling you, like, this Chaos Dimension is just fucking nuts. Like, today... Kate woke up with some kind of like, we thought it was like a laceration on her eye. She said whenever she was taking her contacts out before bed last night, there was mm. some discomfort when she took it off and she woke up like twice during the middle of the night with her eye just like streaming tears out of it. Uh, she wakes up before I do. So I woke up this morning and like all the blinds were pulled. The house was super dark and I was like, oh, oh. shit, like maybe she has like a migraine or something. Or and, a vampire. She's a vampire. Or maybe she got vampired. You know, yeah. maybe it was it was a, a morbid time in the middle of the night. You never know. She got know. morbed. She got morbed. <laughs> it could happen to all, any of us, really. Yeah, really. Like, everybody's sitting there right now thinking, oh, 100% chance I won't get morbed. No. Nah, yeah. No. You might. No, no, no. There's always a chance for morbid time. <laughs> so uh, I came out of there, and she's like, uh, you got to take me to the eye doctor. Like, I got an emergency appointment. My eye is just, like, killing me, super light sensitive and all this jazz. So uh, today's plans changed very quickly. It took her to the eye doctor. It was just some kind of weird – it's essentially like a rash on the huh. eye that huh. could be caused by stress or, like, bad sleep, which she never has. So uh-huh. uh, I can't imagine why uh, my my angry liberal feminist wife would be stressed these days, though. So I don't think it's that. Mm, no, no. I, the, the, you know what? There might be a couple things. The chaos dimension might have done it. Probably the chaos dimension. Yeah, yeah I think that, she was that, worried that. about CERN. Yeah. She was. She was like, oh, boy, we're going to get sucked into a chaos dimension. Yeah. We're going to get multiverse of madness. Exactly, dude. She was up just worrying about that hard-on collider all night. <laughs> hard-on hard on collider. collider. That has to be like, there's got to be, uh, you know, like a, like a double-sided flashlight called <laughs> it's just a, a double-sided hadron collider yeah i like it yeah oh I, oh okay i get it so it's like two hard-ons collide in the middle yeah uh-huh that sounds hard-on not collider. pleasurable i don't think that would be fine <laughs> like, maybe i'm wrong what? i've not tried yeah, it. i was gonna say you never know try it out well we'll find out about it man <laughs> yep, i'm sure there's some, like <laughs> yeah there's there's gotta be some like cern slash fic floating around out there right Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stuck my dick in a Hadron Collider, now I don't know where it is. <laughs> Maybe there's like a dick particle and a pussy particle that got put through that thing and just <laughs> shot at each other at the speed of light. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it just opened up the fucking cum dimension. <laughs> That's how the universe was made. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's where the babies come from. Uh-huh. So, like, while we were there uh, getting checked in at the optometrist, we got a call from a friend of ours who got t-boned in this crazy hit and run oh shit uh, he's okay which is great but like the guy was in a stolen car that had a bunch Fuck. of like booze and weed in it he t-boned my buddy ran away on foot hmm and so we're talking to uh, a friend of ours about this and she's just like holy shit like can today just stop somebody planted a homemade improvised bomb under a tesla in her neighborhood to try to blow it up <laughs> what? 
And I woke up today with like horrible wisdom tooth pain. So holy fuck, can today just I think stop? You, you should have said the wisdom tooth thing before the bomb thing because the bomb Maybe. thing is like, wait, what? Yeah, I know, right? But my teeth, dude. Oh right, sorry. Yeah. No. No, listen. I today look, should stop. I, I I had uh, two impacted wisdom teeth and. Uh, it was not fun. I remember it hurting, and uh, the, the having them taken out was also not the most fun. Don't but tell honestly, me that having part them, right now. Having them taken out, I don't remember at all. Um, yeah. It's the after bit where, you know, you got these big open uh, gashes in your mouth. And yeah, that's what I'm not really excited about. eat good food and stuff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I'm going to get well, all four of mine out. I called today about getting like a consultation book. So they, because I guess you got to talk to a doctor, then they'll schedule yeah, yeah, they surgery and shit. Yeah, they have to do the x-rays and stuff to figure out what they, they will need for yeah. the surgery. Yeah. Because like my top ones are in straight, but my teeth are really crowded, so they need to go. But my bottom yeah. ones are in like sideways, so they're yeah, like pushing against were. my back molars. Yeah. yeah, dude. So it's like my back left one on the bottom is just it's just kind of like aching on and off right now. It's really yeah. fucking pissing me off. I'm not really worried about like the operation itself because we have like good insurance now, so I can actually afford to be yeah, put yeah. under and get all the good drugs and all this shit. So and you should get yeah. all the good ones. Get oh the, like, yeah. Tell them, tell them you're nervous, so you, they'll give you nitrous before they even give you everything else. Give it all it's, to me, dude. It's amazing. Yeah, I'm gonna ask if they can like shoot me out into space in one of those like alien, uh, like you know, uh, coma pods, so I can just yeah. sleep through the entire recovery process and just yep. <laughs> crash land back on Earth fully healed. I don't know. Yeah, just fucking yeah. put me out, Doc. Yeah, the recovery process does suck. Um, I mean, you know, they get, they give you pain pills and stuff, and they help, but um, it, it really for me was the the limitations on what you get to eat. Yeah, yeah, I'm already kind of yeah. thinking about that. I'm like, man, what can I even resort to that I can yeah. have that's non chewy? So, yeah, I don't know. Our, Probably a lot of our, yogurt. I'll be yogurting a lot. All right, now that we've talked about the most important thing, can we talk about that little improvised explosive device issue? Yeah, no idea. In like a nice-ass neighborhood huh. in Knoxville, somebody was just like, fuck this Tesla specifically, I guess. I have no idea. That's all the mm. details I know. Um, yeah. I guess it, it didn't apparently work too good because the neighborhood is still there, but what the fuck is going on today, man? What the fuck? Um, I mean, you know, not, not to sound... Like 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 a, a downer. You sound I, like I, a downer. I think I think those types of things are going to escalate a, a lot. Um, cause CERN, cause Biden. Yeah, cause well, I mean, hey, listen, <laughs> I remember my teeth hurting back when the dawn was in office. You know what I'm saying? You remember me complaining about that? I don't, huh? Uh, man, huh? Jesus Christ, we <laughs> just had just Ooh, forty fucking years of nonsense yeah it's been a lot of a lot of foolishness going around yep. these parts man dude it's been it has been an entire week it has been an entire week and a day today it seems like uh but everything should be fine kate's eye is gonna be okay i don't think i ever Good. uh followed up on that it was just like yeah. Yeah, i gave her some drops it'll be fine it's not like we gotta I, damn take a melon ball or to it and go to town yeah. or something <laughs> i texted you like, how was kate's eye and you said a melon baller will fix it It'd be fine. That was the that was the resolution I got on kids. <laughs> so I'm glad you told me now. Well, the doctor that we went to was a doctor. Uh, uh, was it Fulki? Ful Ful Fulchi? Doctor I think <laughs> he had some crazy ideas about what to do with the eyeball. Should be fine. Speaking of Fulchis, next week's movie. 
zombie too. How about that? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. All right, tune in next time. We've been dead and lovely. Catch you guys. Oh, wait, sorry, 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 sorry. Getting ahead of myself. Damn it. <laughs> Dude, it's been wild this week. I, I seriously haven't had time to fucking do anything. We basically got back from our, our Sweetwater trip, like I said, did lots of great work out there. Uh, we recorded last Tuesday. We spent the next couple of days working and like getting ready for my birthday party and stuff. Yeah. Doing lots of cleaning, getting uh, everything ready to go for that. We kind of went all out this year because this is we figured it out like the first regular ass party we've had since I think 2018, dude. Yeah. So we kind of went hard this year and wanted everything to be really cool, and it was great, man. I wish you could have made it, dude. Yeah, I wish I could have too. Uh, that it sucked. Uh, <laughs> I like I I, I didn't uh, know if I was gonna like get to come and then i also was like well i don't want to post about the screaming chat because i'm gonna go to this party and then i found out i'm not gonna be able to go to this party and then it was like well fuck now nobody knows about screaming chat (laughs) (laughs) damn it (laughs) yeah forever i mean everybody still showed up I, i still we still did something on that friday night but yeah not to get to see everybody fucking sucked yeah, man. Dude, we played Pin the Tail on the Donkey. It was straight trill <laughs> what? twisted. Straight that's trill awesome. twist. We had an actual donkey, though, is the thing. Oh, well, no. That's fucked up, then. Donkeys are too cool for that. Wait, okay. it wasn't uh, an actual pin, was it? No, 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 no. Not that Oh, uh, okay, like a Velcro tail on a donkey. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. It was fun. It was a lot of or fun. Or a butt plug tail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way more humane, for sure. Peg the tail on the donkey. Peg the tail on the donkey. <laughs> it was just me in a donkey costume, let's be honest. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, but no, it was it was a good party. It was a lot of fun, man. So basically, since last week, I think the only thing that we have had time to to chill out and watch, man. You know, we had that that release of Volume Two of Season Four of Stranger Things, but yep. mm-hmm. we had blown through Volume One so fast that we were like, I kind of feel like we need to to watch this again to right. make sure we didn't yeah. miss a bunch of shit. So I also rewatched it, so I completely understand. I'm yeah. glad we did, man. I'm glad that yeah, we did too. because we we rewatched through the entire thing. I uh, just finished it up last night, actually. So now we're ready for volume two. And there was indeed a lot of stuff that I missed. I kind of chalk it yeah. up to the fact that, you know, I mean, hell, those episodes are long and have a yeah, lot uh-huh. of stuff going on in them. And we just kind of blew yep. through it. So I'm glad that we rewatched it. I think it's fucking great. I think season four is fucking rad. It feels the most like epic, the most like a yeah. movie of the entire yeah. series. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like a show. It feels like a long ass sick movie, the same way that like Game of Thrones and stuff did back when it was good. Yeah, before it, it good, got canceled yeah. after yeah. season four. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was so weird uh, when they canceled it after season four. It was like, why did you do that? Um, I I finished uh, season four, volume two, Ugh. and uh, you know, I had avoided any spoilers, which was good because there was stuff that was very surprising to me. So, um, so far, I've not been spoiled yet either, and I yeah. don't. I don't know and how. I'm not, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say anything more about it. But Anna and I are gonna record another episode of Anna Dendum, where we're gonna we're gonna talk about it and spoil the shit out of it for our Patreon listeners. Woo. So once once you've uh, watched that uh, page, or the, the Stranger Things four volume two, you'll have a cool episode of us talking about everything that happened. But we're not going to say anything about it right now because, hey, not everybody's got a chance to get to it. That's right. Are you satisfied with it? Like, overall, oh, yes. did it satisfy Absolutely. You? Yes. Loved it. Thought it was great. Damn. Not I'm a so single excited. problem with it. Mm-hmm. So excited, man. What have you been watching this week? Um. Well, I've, I've had some time to watch a few movies. 
uh, and also uh, been continuing to watch Cowboy Bebop. Boy, the animation on that show is so fucking good. Just gotta you gotta check it out if you've never seen Cowboy Bebop. I had not. Uh, really good. Man, um, I've been stuck on the sequel, Cowboy Rocksteady. <laughs> huh? It's about a rhinoceros. Yeah, yeah. Cowboy Bebop, of course, about a warthog that wears uh-huh. sunglasses that I'm not sure how they work. Because um, hmm. they they have like that slit in the yeah. middle. Is that yeah, it? That's what He just looks through that slit? Like That seems hmm. detrimental to your sight. Maybe he's all the time going to the optometrist and getting his eyes dilated, you know? <laughs> yes, that's it. His pupils are constantly dilated, so he's got to wear those. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, rewatched In the Mouth of Madness. Fuck yeah, uh, I did that like fuck, two weeks ago, man. man. Jesus Still, Christ, that movie's just so good. A, so good. Just so good. I love it so much. I posted that um, thing on our, our Instagram the other day about like all those classic-ass Carpenter movies, and it's like, man... I don't know any other horror director that has that many fucking mashers. Like, certified no, fucking mashers no. is Carpenter. No, no. Yeah. No, I mean, um, I, I'm I'm definitely like... Every time I watch a Carpenter movie, it makes me want to watch more Carpenter movies. Yeah, so like, I want to watch all uh, of them, sure. Hulu just got Big Trouble in Little China, so I'll probably rewatch that. The ultimate Soon. Saturday afternoon movie. Holy yeah. fuck, dude. We got yeah, to do that is. on the show. We've not done that. Yeah, we absolutely. I mean, we got Action August coming we do. up. So Ooh, maybe, dude. Maybe. maybe that slips in there. That'd be all yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, last episode of The Last Drive-In for this season was, was on Friday night. And it was, uh, you know, a little 4th of July theme. So the first um, movie was Uncle Sam. Don't know, know if you've one. ever no. seen this. You you may have seen the cover back in the day at video stores. It was like a, it was like a Uncle Sam. It, it had that like uh, hologram sort of thing where it was like normal Uncle Sam, and then like from an angle, it looked like evil Uncle Sam. I'm gonna Google it right now and see if it looks okay, like yeah. something you, I saw video. You Google West. that. Um, it's boy, I I didn't enjoy it. I'll say, like, I think it may have been, like, maybe had a message of, like, you know, uh, war is bad and all that stuff, but, like, it really was just kind of, like, not fun to watch for me. Um, Mm. What, are you not feeling patriotic this year? Damn! Well, I mean, that's the thing, is I think there is a a message there about how, like, uh, one of the the guys... Oh, it's it's Isaac Hayes. Isaac Hayes is talking about how, like, World War II, like, meant something, uh, but, you know, Vietnam didn't mean anything, and and Desert Storm and all that stuff, and it's like, oh, okay, I think there's, like, an anti-war message here, but it's also kind of just goofy too so hmm. it's like it's, it's it's a weird tone uh, uh and then the second movie was nightbreed uh but uh they did the director's cut which i had never seen i'd only seen the theatrical cut and Night i think Breed that's is, all i've seen too i yeah. think i've just seen the theatrical one i saw it years ago and i remember watching it being like well the character designs something. are really cool yeah. but like the yeah. movie i remember being really boring it is. It is. And uh, the director's cut is longer by a good bit, but it makes more oh, sense. Oh, good. That was like, my biggest complaint about the original one. Too short. <laughs> Too short, yeah. Uh, no, the, the, this one, it, it is longer. And I would say, yeah, it, if you don't, you know, you're not. You're probably not going to get into it if you weren't like a big fan of the first one. I, as a, as a, 
a teen when that first one came out, I had been reading Clive Barker a good bit, and I was super excited for it. And the effects are really cool, but yeah, mm-hmm. overall boring. the 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 mask Cronenberg wears is really creepy. It is like, cool. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fun. And yeah, like so many cool creature designs and stuff. But yeah, it is it is a little boring, and the director's cut doesn't improve that. It makes it all make more sense, but doesn't doesn't really fix the the issue of it it not being very interesting most that's of the time. That's kind of a problem. Yeah, that's yeah. the biggest problem about it. Not very good. Yeah. 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 And I, I like again like I would say people need to read Clive Barker. I think like so much so many of the movies that are adaptations of Clive Barker they just lose all of his good like horror elements. Uh, Hellraiser, of course, does a good job of that, but like, um, you know, this movie and, and there's a movie Lord of Illusion that I like a lot, but I think it also like, if you were reading it, it would be better than watching it. Word. I need to read yeah. his stuff, dude. I've never read anything of his. Like, what do you think I should start with? Well, the Damnation game is, uh, is not long and that, that's what, uh, Hellraiser is based off of, um, okay. But if you if you want to get into something very Clive Barkery, the Great and Secret Show is uh, it's the beginning of uh, uh, a series, so you know uh, you'd be getting yourself into more than one book. But that book is amazing. Uh, I really like Weave World too. It's got some really disgusting scenes, like very gross shit. Like I, I think that's what I love about Barker is. His descriptions of his gross scenes. I think some of the stuff like you know the the blood the 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 blood uh, bed thing in Hellraiser two like that's so Clive Barkery. That's oh, like dude, yeah, yeah. Or or you know when Frank is being regenerated and stuff like that's the type so of stuff cool. where when you're reading it, it, like you're just like what the fuck. And some sometimes they've figured out ways to like really translate that those two instances, but other times it's just like they seem more focused on a creature effect rather than like the building tension and terror type of thing um but anyway yeah listeners listeners may have just heard a enormous thunderclap on this did you hear that i heard it yeah oh my god holy cow that actually just like scared the crap out of me um it doesn't look like it's raining or anything out here, but I just heard the loudest bit of thunder um, ever. And I, I think our, our newly upgraded microphone systems probably picked that up better than our old hey. ones. So enjoy yeah. a little sound of nature. I wasn't sure if it was that or if it was just part of the the 12 days of 4th of July that we celebrate here <laughs> in Tennessee. Dude, there were yeah. fucking redneck fucks like setting off fireworks literally at 10.30 a.m. this morning. 10.30 in the morning, they were setting <laughs> off fireworks. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, <laughs> sorry about that. That just kind of like scared the shit out of me right there. Damn, Dude, it w- I I heard it very clearly over here. <laughs> yeah, and that's just over my like damn you know like uh, headphone yeah. mic on my my headset here. It's crazy. Yeah. Okay, so I need to get into some some Clyde Barker stuff because clearly yeah, you know, I, I like the movies mm-hmm. and everything. So I'll check those yeah. out. Okay, now here's something you absolutely must see. Tell me. A little movie from two two thousand and thirteen called Ghost Shark. A ghost shark. You texted yeah. me about this movie, and you're like, "Dude, 
you have to fucking watch Ghost Shark. And it's kind of funny because last week when we were talking about Velocipaster, we were talking about how, like, there's all those kind of shitty sci-fi channel, we're trying to be shitty on purpose movies that are, like, not good. Yeah. But this is not one? Yeah, this is a this is a shitty sci-fi channel shark movie that is so good. It's like <laughs> okay, it, it's like um, you know you know how like the humor of Sharknado kind of falls flat, and a lot of it like relies on oh that's Tara Reid or that's Ian Ziering or whatever. Like yeah. uh, this, the the only person you would recognize in this is uh, is Richard Mole uh, Bull from Night Court. Uh, right. And you might not recognize him at all because he has a full head of hair. Look out. Yeah. But um, it, it's really not about that. It, 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 is a, it is a movie that clearly knows it's ridiculous and just leans into it like Velocipaster. It, it is not as, it's not like as campy, uh, intentionally silly as Velocipaster. Like everybody is like, everybody is playing it straight. But really what, that ghost shark has going for it is one the ghost shark it's it's an actual like ghost shark like <laughs> i i thought it was going to be like one of those metaphorical things where it's like the shark that like you could never see but it keeps attacking people or whatever sure. no it's a it's a shimmering ghost shark um the and spirit also, of a long dead shark okay yeah and also you learn pretty quickly it, it is not confined to the ocean and in fact, can just a- appear in any source of water. <laughs> and so, like, it was so fun because, like, we would all be guessing uh, what it was going to come out of next. And Anna was like 10 for 10 on the guesses because it was like, uh, I, I, maybe it'll come out of a fucking uh, cup of water or a toilet or something. And it's like, nope, yep. It, uh, the bathtub? Uh huh. Yep. Here it is. A, a water hose? Yep. Here comes the ghost shark. <laughs> Dude, this a is awesome because slip like, and slide ghost shark. Oh, <laughs> you're on that crocodile mile and you're going down a damn ghost shark mouth. How about that? Yes. Holy shit! It, it is so good. I I loved it. Like if you're looking for a, a really fucking fun bad movie, and it's only like 70 minutes, which is perfect. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's so, yeah. awesome too because that totally plays into those like really stupid irrational childhood fears you know that yes. there'd be a damn shark yeah. in the swimming pool or a yeah, shark in the lake exactly. or whatever uh-huh yes that is the beauty of it is it really is like it has a childlike sense of like uh, like you as a as a as a child seeing jaws in your imagination running wild awesome uh, i need to watch this it. it sounds great yeah. what's it on yeah uh, uh we, we saw a youtube rip Nice. Uh, but since it's on sci-fi, it's probably on Peacock, I would assume. All right. I'll have to scope that out, man. And, and you mentioned earlier you watched that Harry Potter 20th thing, which, like I said, dude, I don't know about you, man, but especially there towards the end, it got my allergies all kind of flared up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think they did a good job of focusing on the people that we love and care about associated with the Harry Potter series and uh, what ignoring JK. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it did, man. And yeah, we've talked at length on the podcast the past several years about how stupid her entire turf transphobic bullshit is. It goes without saying, if you've ever listened to the show, we stand with our our uh, our trans friends as allies. 
Yeah. Uh, fuck all that dumb shit she has to say about yeah, all of that stupid. stuff. Mm-hmm. I really like do like how they did with that special, though, how they just zoomed in on what it meant to those people, what it meant to those actors. I think it really focused on the right stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it really did do a good job of, of being like, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you can hate JK and we can look through the books and the movies and see where the world she built is. Um, it, it, it is like this really twisted, sick world full of like stereotypes and slavery. And like, we just didn't notice it because what the books are about uh, are is a, a child who can't like find their place in the world. Finally, figuring out who they are yeah and like that's why people connected to it and that's a lot of our stories yeah yeah and so like you know uh to to say like you know you you can't like harry potter anymore it's like no you you can like harry potter all you want you you know uh just acknowledge that jk is wrong (laughs) like i mean she uh, is wrong that that daniel radcliffe had a couple years ago where he's just like don't let the stuff that the author has said, you know, yeah. change your mind about the things that you read in these books, saw in these books, what you saw of yourself in these books. Uh, he really did sum it up very well, man. That yeah. guy rules. He rocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the thing is, like, you know, so many of, of those kids are great. Like, they just turned out to be great people in general. Yeah, exactly. And that, yeah. That's, that's something to celebrate. So, yeah, yeah, that 20th anniversary thing, like, I really, uh, I needed that actually because going into Same. this, I was yep. like, I am done. I don't want to fucking talk about Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and I mean, yeah, everything like everything that's coming up about this movie. There are things I, I do like about this movie, but the, I have a whole lot to say about like just the basis of the ideas in this movie. Uh, it, it's so gross and dark and bad, and like, I I just wonder like. Is it is it JK exploring a world like this and how it just would be? Or are these JK's like ideals? Like, does she, does she see fascism as like a a necessity <laughs> or something? Because like, there's <laughs> reason sure to think she does. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's reason to think she does. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So yeah, that twenty that thing helped though. It helped me a lot though to be like, yeah, but they're actually. There's a lot to celebrate here. Yeah, I agree, man. It's very well done. It's a very good uh, special. It's on the HBO, right? Yeah, it's on HBO. Um, uh, it was like hour forty five. It do- it did that thing um, of of going through each of the movies, but like kind of weaved it all as one sort of narrative. I liked I liked that. That was fun. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Me too, man. It was very well done, dude. You know, we're talking about a dang old Harry Potts, and this mm-hmm. movie right here it introduces a whole lot of some new elements going on into this franchise. Hey, you ever heard of a whore's crux? Well, you have now. Huh? You ever heard of somebody becoming furniture? Guess what? Now you have. I think that we need to, to take a little detour here into the preview palace and discuss our own outlooks on some of these bold new elements into the Harry Potter franchise. Welcome to the preview palace. We've been doing these Harry Potter movies for six years. It's not like we're running out of ideas for preview palaces, guys. No, what? <laughs> We've got so many. No. <laughs> so that's why we're just kind of doing a grab bag here of yeah. various Harry Potter things that we want to talk about. Now, we initially, as in 
late last night when we were planning this show out, right? As we elaborately do, <laughs> right? I think the original idea was just like, hey, let's talk about like our seven Horcruxes and the seven right. people we'd murder to attain them, and it, then we were like, that might be a little bit incriminating, right? Might be a little yeah. incriminating. So, well, and I was having trouble narrowing down the list. <laughs> I mean, how many Supreme Court justices are there? Plus Mitch McConnell? Uh, I don't know. I didn't say that. In Minecraft, <laughs> nope. you mean? In Minecraft. Hypothetically. Yeah. Hypothetically. Right. You know? Uh-huh. So we're going to steer away from that direction and just cover a couple of different topics and stuff here. Now, Steve, let me just go ahead and ask you this. Okay. In terms of books that have been turned into movies that <laughs> you really thought did a bad job of turning a book into a movie... Yeah, this is this one is really bad. This at one that. is. This yeah. one is overall. Mm-hmm. What yeah. do you think is the worst book to movie translation that you've seen? Oh boy, that one's tough. Because I, I mean, honestly, like this, uh, I saw this in theaters, and I remember just I had just recently reread the books. Yeah, and bad I was timing. Like, what in the fuck is happening? Yeah, um. I don't know. I, yeah, this one's bad. Uh, you know, there's there's always issue with the the Shining. Uh, you know, because I I love the Shining. I love Kubrick Shining, but it's not Stephen King's Shining. It is quite a lot different. That's kind of a hot yeah. take. I know a lot of people don't yeah. want to hear, but they are really different. Yeah, Kubrick they definitely are, took yeah. that source material and was just like, I want to see something else in here. Right. Yeah. And, and, but and I love listen, it. <laughs> I lo- yeah, I was going to say and listen, that that is I that is one very great way to make a movie is to to just uh use a platform. But yeah, so that, I think that never would have happened now with a Stephen King project cuz at that time Stephen King didn't have the level of power that he he does now. Um, and, and I think it, it probably did piss off a lot of, of book fans. As probably. someone who, uh, you know, had already seen the movie before I read the book, I just thought it was two different, you know, interpretations. But it is it is a lot different. It is. Yeah. What would you say? Man, I'm sure that there are ones that butcher the source material way worse and turn them into something completely different. Uh, yeah. than what you read, than what you saw on screen. But the one that sticks out of my head that just did the most emotional damage is still Where the Wild Things Are. You know, that was just <laughs> such like a prized part of my childhood. I, I know you. I, I know this about you, and it's it's yeah. constantly like uh, a, a question in my mind of really what... Like, I know there are other people who think this way. What could that movie have been? Uh, shouldn't have been a movie. How about that? Right. Okay, okay. All right, I see this. Yeah. I mean, it ultimately, does. it's like a damn, what, it's 15, not trend- 20-page book. Like, you yeah, don't need to yeah. make a fucking movie out of this where the damn monsters are these emo, emotional, sad, depressing pieces of shit. Like, that is not a wild rumpus starting, dude. The wild <laughs> rumpus is over. Yeah. But, I mean, Sendak worked with him on that. Like, right? Well, you know what? How there's that thing that happens. Let's call it the George Lucas thing, where you've, oh, yeah, you've had a yeah. property so long that you forget what it actually started as. Maybe it was a little bit of that. I don't know. Or, or what you intended it to be is not how it was ever taken by a particular part of the audience. Right. Like, it could yeah, be just that. You know. I never thought of where the wild things are as like a fun book. I loved it as a kid. 
but I never thought of it as like, oh, this is like a fun thing you get to do. Go hang out on an island with monsters because you're a terror. <laughs> For me, that's nothing but a good time. <laughs> Dude, also, P.S., as like part of my birthday, Kate, Kate got me this awesome T-shirt. I think it was from Tee Public. That's uh-huh. like, it's a kind of a mashup of where the wild things are and the thing. Oh, like, That's you know cool. that, that part in the book where it shows Max and he's kind of, like, leading the parade of all the yeah, monsters? Yeah. Uh-huh. It's totally, like, uh, fucking MacReady, and he's leading this parade of, like, oh, all these cool. thing-like abominations. It's so fucking yeah. rad, man. Super, yeah. super sick. So, yeah, I'm sure there's worse ones. Like, I want to say World War Z because the, the movie is nothing like the fucking book. It's nothing right. like yeah. the fucking book was. But, but where the wild things are just hurt me more, man. Yeah. It just really, really infuriated me. Yeah, I I I loved where the wild things are the book and I like the movie as well. Uh, yeah. But yeah, they have to be again like The Shining, kind of just looked at as two completely separate things. You got it. Um, yeah, because otherwise, yeah, I I really don't I I don't know what where the wild things are could ever be as a movie. And you're right, I don't think it should it doesn't necessarily ever need to have been. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me ask you this, dude. This movie introduces into the Harry Potts universe the concept of a uh, quote-unquote love potion. We're going to talk about that love oh, potion yeah. a little bit we later gotta, on here. We gotta. Uh-huh. Mm, but, you know, the idea is that this potion smells different to everybody. What's that smell like? What's that smell yeah. like to you? If you found a love potion, what's that thing sniffing out like to you, dude? Well, I mean, the thing that like Her- or, uh, Hermione said that it smelled like uh, like freshly mown grass um, and and uh, and new parchment or whatever, and like both of those kind of hit with me. Not freshly mown grass, but like yesterday, um, I went to go walk in the park um, that we have nearby here, and like everything is just like super green, and like it has that summer in the south smell dude that honeysuckle smell is one of the best in the south yes and it's it's just like so many like great like green smells um i i i think that and like again like she said new parchment like and the smell of like old books oh yeah you're into that book smell you're one of them book sniffers i heard about dude yeah i'm a book sniffer yeah uh, Give I, me in that I don't, spine. That's what you say. Let me sniff that <laughs> spine. Book. Mm, mm. Uh, I don't know about like uh, toothpaste or whatever, um, but like you know, I, I, I'm sure there's some particular because like I I will smell like Emily's like uh, uh, lotion or or their hairspray or something at a time, and it just like hits like that. That's Emily. Yeah, strongly yeah. associative. Yeah. What about you? Man, I was thinking about this, one, and, and that's tough. I'm trying to, like, determine what, like, my lovey smells are and what just my favorite sniffs are, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I do enjoy that smell of a fresh mown grass. That oh, is it's always nice. I'm always yeah. a sucker for that one. Like you said, that nighttime, mm-hmm. summertime south smell. Yes. The honeysuckle and all that kind of uh, stuff. I, I do love that. Dude, fucking... The smell of fresh gasoline is one of my favorite smells ever in the Dude, world. Dude, uh, yeah, uh-huh, yes. I, I also, I, I have that, like, weird thing where I love going in auto parts stores. Uh, yeah, like the, totally, All the dude. smells of, like, rubbers it. and chemicals and stuff for some reason just smell great. 
one of my favorite smells is like diesel exhaust. It reminds me of yeah. being <laughs> being on tour and being on a tour bus. Like whenever okay. you go out yeah. to the parking lot, you know where the where the yeah. bus is camped out when you're on tour and stuff, and it's like. It's like the smell of home while you're on the road is what right. diesel yeah. smells like to me now. So like that's I always one of those things that just takes me back. Another association I have with that is field trips. Like uh, okay, yeah, yeah, I get that. the smell of like because like that's the only time it was fun to get on the bus. <laughs> it was like oh we're Word. going somewhere not to school. Yay. <laughs> um, I love the smell of of wood, especially like cedar. Any kind oh, of oh like yeah, uh-huh. sawdusty mm-hmm. smells. Yeah, and dude, because I'm I'm a dude who found my wife around the millennium. Cool water fucking does it for me, dude. Cool water, yeah. Cool water. Okay. That woman, cool water, man. Uh huh. It gets real. That good to woman, me. cool. That's what it's called. Woman, yeah. cool water. <laughs> woman, cool water. I just can't. I just can't help it, dude. I just can't help. Yeah. it. Also, bread. Oh yeah, like oh, fresh baked God. bread or come on, dude. Yeah, yeah there's mm-hmm. there's been like numerous times I've like come home from, uh, you know, teaching or practice or whatever, and yeah. like Kate doesn't make a lot of bread, but she does like make like a homemade naan and stuff. Oh, okay. And yeah. dude, you you come home and somebody somebody that you care for, somebody that you love on, is in there mashing on some flour and yeast. Woo, uh-huh. woo, it is great. Good to you. It's a great smell. Also whiskey. I was just thinking Busy. of like, yeah, not not like uh, not when you. I mean, like I I know that like uh, anytime uh, you're dealing with whiskey. Well, not anytime. There's there's some that just don't have much of an acetone to the sniff. But like, if you just get a little bit and put it in between your fingers and just smell it, you can really get a lot of good aromas from a whiskey. Oh yeah, like and, and some of them just smell like they almost have a a cologne type of smell to them. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, man. You good know, stuff. another just rando one ice cream parlor, like the oh, smell yes. of like, like a the waffle TCBY. cone. Yeah, dude, yeah. it's like the smell of like I almost think it's the smell of like the refrigerant and the dairy. I don't know uh-huh. what is going on, but any place that has ice cream, oh my god. Smells so good. Uh Uh-huh. I'm with you. Good old shit right there, man. (laughs) All right, Steve, let's say that you are trying to achieve an immortality. Let's say you're like, you know what? This place is so cool. I just want to stick around and see what happens with it forever. (laughs) Yeah, imagine. Yeah. And you Uh decide to to split your soul in twain into a horcross. Yeah. What are you going to split that thing into? What's your horcross... (sighs) property so okay so it feels like it needs to be something that's hard to destroy right probably uh, so so any uh, glass ceramic anything of that sort would be a bad call don't want to do but, that with your weed pipe yeah yeah uh, <laughs> though that was my first thought obviously <laughs> uh but then, like, you, you also need it to kind of be either portable or very hideable, right? True. Like, you know, so, like, a thing like a ring or something seems really perfect, but what about an earring? An ear bob? Uh, uh, yeah, and l- let's just say it's a diamond, so, you know, I can, can the fucking um, uh, sword of Gryffindor cut through a diamond? Mmm. Mmm, good point. So, there we go. I got my teeny tiny little thing. Easy to carry around. Easy to hide. 
hard to destroy. Mm. What do you got? That's good. That's good, man. I can't lie. It's a pretty solid choice. Um, You know what? In terms of something that is easily concealable and... I'm going to even say not stealable and not easily destroyed. Probably something that other people don't even want to want to touch on. Okay. I'm thinking butt plug. <laughs> <laughs> a nice one. A nice yeah. butt plug, but a butt plug, yeah. But not so nice as to be conspicuous. No, you know no, I mean? no. Yeah, you don't want one of those like glow butt plugs or one that has like a tail on it or anything. No, no, no. nothing fancy. You know, right. just a utilitarian kind of rig. Just something there, right. there to do the job. You know what I mean? And like, even if somebody was looking for your Horcrux, they they open that drawer, they see the butt plug, they're like, ah, they just close the drawer. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. They don't even like, think like that's the Horcrux. No. Huh? Like my first guess was to say like, oh yeah, you know my my favorite guitar. I'd put it into the Duke, my green swirled Ibanez RG7421 that I painted years ago. Like initially, that was my thought for like the emotional yeah. connection, and that's such a right. part of me yeah. as a musician. But that's so easily stealable. Somebody busts uh-huh. in here, yeah. they're taking that thing. But if they open up the drawer and they see my 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 dang old butt plug, mm-hmm. hell, they're leaving that. Who's stealing that anyway? Right. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, yeah, because, like, even if it, like, it, it could very easily be somebody who would would enjoy to have a butt plug, but it's a they used butt own. plug. Yeah, They're not going to exactly. want this one. No, so, no, yeah, no. like, no matter what the, the case, no one's going to want to take it. No. Even if they know it is the Horcrux, they're going to be like, oh. Maybe not. Yeah, I mean, we? I was thinking either that <laughs> or, like, an Invisalign brace because what good is that to anybody right yeah nobody would ever take that no like a retainer like that'd be a pretty good choice but if i know anything about retainers you'd lose that thing on a field trip in no time that's the problem right yeah that is the problem so yeah i'm I'm gonna uh you know store my soul in a butt plug (laughs) should be safe keep it secret keep it safe I like to say. It's safe. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. I like it. <laughs> okay, let's talk about another personal choice here. Now, this movie, it deals with a room of a requirement. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. Dang old Draconis Malfi, he puts a, a vanishing cabinet in a room of requirement. It's there because he needs it to be. Hey, if you open up a room of requirement, what's in there? Hey, tell me, what's in there? Well, yeah, I mean, like, because, uh, you know, we know uh, Dumbledore, he, he needed to piss, so he found it was full of chamber pots, and then, like, you know, the, the Dumbledore's army, they needed to be able to train, and it had all the training stuff yep. you need in there, I, and I, I feel like, you know, uh, for me, that thing's just going to be full of booze and weed. <laughs> 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 uh, it's gonna be the only place in hogwarts that has a tv for sure because uh, that's what i require it's Tight, a yeah. television yeah i like that man i like that yeah i feel like yeah if i'm if i'm looking because it, it really is you're either looking for a place to escape or you know a place to to hide and that's that's that would be my escape my hide i'd, I'd go in there just maybe uh drink a little whiskey watch a movie get stoned be awesome what else could you ask for, honestly, right? Yeah. Dude, honestly, my room of requirement is just damn near my studio that I'm sitting in right now, dude. I've got all kinds of guitars. I got amps yeah. and speakers. Yeah. I got a, a fridge full of co-beers in here. That's true, yeah. Uh-huh. 
it's it's kind of like a who could ask for anything more situation. Yeah. Except I'd probably also like to have the Lord of the Rings trilogy in here. Oh yeah, that would be a requirement for sure. Yeah. I kind of have to have that, you know. Yeah, I mean you. I mean you got a computer. Maybe maybe it's got uh, streaming services on it. There you go. Boom. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can I can parter it them, huh? There you go. Maybe that'll work right there. I I think like uh, yeah. I I want to talk more about the room of requirement and oh, uh, I do too. Because <laughs> I got there. Hmm. I got some ideas. <laughs> I do too, and I got questions. Uh, <laughs> what we got next? <laughs> okay, dude. So if you were going to disguise yourself as a piece of furniture, <laughs> think yeah. about the, the the questions that, you know, we've known each other for how long now, Steve? Since oh. we were fucking 19, 20? Yeah, so long time. Long yes. time. Probably at least 18 years or so. We yeah. could have had a, a baby that became an adult by now. Oh, that would have been a cute little baby. It would have been something, man. Uh, but I don't think I've ever asked you what kind of piece of furniture you'd be. Yeah, this think is a new that. one. This is a first, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like I I I take up I take up room, but I'm not I don't know that I'm like bulky enough to be comfortable like a like a chair like mm, um mm-hmm. our our professor Slug, Slughorn did. Um but like I I can't see myself serving much of a function um otherwise like I, I i don't i don't i don't have like the figure of a grandfather clock you know mm, i'm no mm. chandelier i'm a i'm not a desk certainly no, I, mean, I would never call you a desk on. never oh buddy uh so i'm gonna be <laughs> i'm gonna be a gamer chair <laughs> oh man <laughs> just be soaking up mountain dew game just fuel farts. ass sweat all yeah. day and farts yeah. yeah i'm just soaking up farts yeah <laughs> That's me, old gamer chair, Steve. Pretty cool, dude. What about you? (laughs) Dude, you know what? I'm going to just fucking be a swing. I love a dang old porch swing. I could swing on a swing about all day. What if I was a swing, Steve? What if I was just a swing? Well, I I I reckon I'd sit on you and swing. And I'd be happy about that because I'd be swinging with you. This is nice. This is nice. Actually, yeah, I never thought about... The swings feelings about swinging, like, what? Mm, what if mm. some of the swings are scared? <laughs> Mom, I'm scared. I'm afraid of it. <laughs> oh shit! Why are you <laughs> going so again? high? <laughs> what if we did a remake of the movie Swingers, where all the characters were swings? <laughs> what do you think? I think one that definitely could work. Like, uh, I don't know why uh, we haven't already seen that but two it also feels like a family guy cutaway probably yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that one time they made that remake of yeah exactly everybody was swings yeah and it would be unrelated entirely and not very funny just yeah pretty much yeah somebody yeah, doing a vince vaughn impression all right last question here for you steve let's say that you found yourself with a handful of a uh uh, uh felix fucks a lot luck potion <laughs> Fucks a lot. That's what it's called, right? Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I, yeah, I, I could imagine that that would be one of the primary reasons people make the lo- that potion, right? Like, yeah, because they're like, listen, I know love potions are, ugh, you know, we'll talk yeah. about it. Uh, yeah. So I'll I'll use my luck potion so I just figure out the way to impress this person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Okay. 
Yeah, All it makes right. sense. Uh-huh. So what do you got to use that thing on, man? What's your luck potion choice? Is that it? Yeah, okay. So you got, it's like short, you got a short period of time. So it's really just going to, you got to be focused, right? Yeah. Yeah. You you know that you're, you're going to have to like, it can't be something overly impossible because you're just not going to have the time to make all the components come together, I would imagine. So it needs to be something that you think could happen if 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 you really had the luck on your side mm-hmm, and yeah i i'm like this is i may have mentioned this before but i i remember seeing i think it was uh the uh that dan Aykroyd like um sci-fi type of show i think i don't remember what it was called fuck uh, believe it or not, or something. Anyway, somebody will uh, let us know. Uh, I, th- I think there was an episode where a person survived falling out of a, a plane, and I have been obsessed with that concept my entire life. Wow! So I would drink the the luck potion and then jump out of a plane. <laughs> Damn! I mean, dude, that is. I a just want to see move. how it would work out. <laughs> wow. That's pretty bold because honestly, that's something you couldn't replicate otherwise for sure. No, yeah, exactly. Like, there's no way you could do it. So, like, no. you just get up there with the luck potion. It's like, well, this is going to work out somehow. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> Dude, that's amazing. Yeah. What about you? Man, I've got a lot of situations where this could benefit me. I'm honestly kind of mm-hmm. trying to narrow it down. Um, I think I would take the potion and then just try to, like, manually quit iMovie and have it quit on the first time. <laughs> I think that'd be a big day for me, dude. Impossible. Yeah, it doesn't happen. There's no way, right? No, no. Um, I kind of think that there's a time, there's definitely a morning where I would wake up and be like, you know what? I want that perfectly fried dippy egg in the morning to where I crack crack the egg with one hand. It comes apart in two pieces. Mm -hmm. Uh, It doesn't puncture the yolk. No. I fry it up in just the perfect way to where the white is all cooked, the yolk is still runny. Mm. I mean, dude, that's the start of a fucking big day, right? Hell there, yeah, right? it is. Yes, it is. Yeah. So yeah, maybe, man, that's worth maybe it. there's you know a time that I just fucking take that shit and then fire up Ninja Gaiden two, and <laughs> I just whip its damn ass. <laughs> is there like? I mean, I I can't imagine there's any particular riff that you you can't you just can't do. But is is there one? Is there something you know, out there that's just like that mountain you can't climb? There's there's probably a couple that I've been running up that hill on. Yeah. For a yeah. long time, you know? Yeah. Uh but you know what? I don't think I need luck. I think no, I, I just think need so more either. practice. You know, it's like yep. that that's not even something I would throw into that bin of like, I need the luck to do this because I know if I did the work, I wouldn't need the luck. You know what I'd like to see now is just like a, a Rocky Four style montage of you uh, training in a cabin in Russia to to hit like some awesome riff. I like and then that. like may, maybe even Polly offers you the luck potion. He's like, "Come on, Rock, you need it." And you're like, "I don't need the luck." And then nope, I need the works. What I need, man. Yep. I like it. I think it's a good idea. Um, P.S. Mm-hmm. Random side tangent. There's Let's a lot of um, Russian speaking in Stranger Things 4. Is that accurate? Yes. Is it good? Yes, it is. And some of them sound exceptionally well. I mean, I believe really? they they have a, a number of actual Russian actors. Um, 
Some yeah, of them just yeah, look good. insanely Russian. Like some of those yeah. people in that just look like fucking Putin Jr. for sure. Yeah, and the, the translation is is uh, usually like accurate and sometimes just um, slightly different. Like I think it said "son of a bitch" when uh, like when they. Uh, I, I won't say anything. I was about to oh. spoil something. Uh, I think one of the the soldiers. It says the subtitle says "son of a bitch," but the soldier actually said "fuck your mom" or something like that. <laughs> but like, there, like there weren't big changes. So yeah, that, that was I was actually very impressed by by all the Russian scenes. Okay, all right, good yeah. to know, man. Good to know. Okay, last question on our docket here. Uh, just to, just to piss off, just kidding, Rowling. <laughs> Favorite trans actor? Go. Um, I mean, it's going to sound like, oh, does he not know any other trans actors? But Elliot Page uh, just watched Umbrella Academy season three, where they integrated uh, Elliot coming out as, yeah. as part of the character in Umbrella Academy season three, too. So now the, the character was also male. Um, so, like, I, I, I have just recently watched that, thought Elliot was fucking amazing in it, um, really we should do teeth sometime. Oh was, yeah, totally. I think the only horror movie I could think of that Elliot Page is in, but he's great. I think so. Fucking awesome. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that. Kate just started watching that um, the yeah? other day. Okay, she like, cool. blew through season one and she's like, it's yeah. cool. I think I probably if you read the comic, you'd probably like it more, but she just got probably. into season two and she's like, okay, this is picking up. This is getting pretty good. Yeah. I need to watch season. it because like every time I like walk in the room and she's watching it, mm-hmm. it's like something cool is going on that I want to know about, you know? Yeah, I listen. I highly recommend Kate Doom Patrol. Um, Umbrella Academy is is based off of Doom Patrol, and Doom Patrol has Brendan Fraser and is wackier and I, I think probably tighter. Uh, though I I also think yeah, season two was really good of Umbrella Academy, and season three is good. It opens good and closes good, but in the middle it's a little eh, not amazing. Yeah. Okay, right on, man. Yeah. You know, for me, I'm going to say, because I'm a hip young person, and you know, (laughs) as I said on the show a couple months ago, that euphoria got its hooks in me. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh Real hard. Man, that that Hunter Schaefer that plays Jules Mm -hmm. on the show. Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you. You still haven't watched it yet, have you? No, I need to watch it. I, I, I definitely will give it a shot sometime. I mean, just outside of the level of just, like, charisma and likability, dude, just the acting chops that everybody on that fucking show has, mm-hmm. ridic- ridiculous, man. And, and yeah. Hunter, I think it's Schaefer, I think that's how you pronounce the, the last name there, uh, absolutely, absolutely fantastic. Really, awesome. really, 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 yep. really killer. I'm hoping to see uh, her in a bunch of other stuff in the future, because seriously, fantastic, fantastic, very, very talented. Awesome. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. I mean, it, it doesn't seem like the type of show I'd get into, but then... It like, didn't for me either, dude. Yeah, I was going to say, it didn't. It doesn't seem like the type of show you'd get into either. So Not at all. I don't know why, yeah. but I do enjoy it very much. Um, before we get into the movie review here, do you think I need a little bit more truth serum in me? What do you think? Based on my performance yeah, right I, now, do I need another Kobeer? I'd say if you put another Kobeer in you, you might, you might uh, really loosen up. Get that Veritas out. All right, Steve, let's crack open an ice-code Pacifico Clara. Yeah, Just a good old cerveza from south of the border. I'll Mm -hmm. tell you, man, I love myself Pacifico. That is just a tasty, light, refreshing beer on a muggy-ass hot day such as we have today. Today was, I think, 98 was the high, and it's so muggy. 
Jesus, like, dude. The I'm I'm sitting under an air conditioning vent, blowing air conditioning on me, and I can feel the the heat still coming in from my window next to me. Like, oh yeah, dude, it is horrendous. I love these kind of beers. It's just like you can get them damn near frozen, and they just get better and better and more oh, refreshing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pacifico is really good. Uh, Tecate. I'm, I'm a I big love fan a Tecate, of man. Yeah, Mexican beers in general. Me too, dude. Especially during mm. the summertime, dude. I think that Tecate has a deeper flavor than a Pacifico. Pacifico is yeah. just like, it, I mean, you know, it's a canoe beer. It's like having it sex is. in a canoe. It's fucking near water. You know what I mean? <laughs> canoe beer. A canoe beer. That's right. <laughs> But it's just okay. so lightly flavored and delicious. That's a good one to have with a food meal, too. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Dang old delight right there. All right, Steve, the topic of today's episode, um, other than uh, all the other you know bullshit we've been talking about for like an hour here, <laughs> right, is, of course, one Harry Potter, Sace, and yep. a Hothblood Princhy. Half blood Princhy. And I think that we're going to we're gonna try to separate book criticism versus movie criticism and not yeah. be like they did this different, they did this different. Except yeah. that there's there's a lot of stuff that you can't really separate yeah. from like they really should have fucking included this stuff. Why did they add this stuff that wasn't mm-hmm. there to begin with and ignore this other stuff that was really important that was there to begin with? It's yeah. kind of hard not to drag the book into this. And I think on all, all of our other episodes, we've tried and done pretty well to separate them. But good God, there's a lot of stuff left out of this thing, man. This came there out is. in 2009. Uh-huh. Do you remember the first time you seen this one? Yep, uh, I was on a date with my now wife. Oh, um, yeah, we had. Uh, I don't. Uh, you know, she knows all the dates. I don't know the dates. Uh, I know this came dates, out yeah. in Ju- like July of uh, two thousand and nine. We were dating. Um, I don't know how long we had been dating, but apparently, she told me when we were watching this the other night that. Uh, we had made out the night before, and the Look entire out. time that we were watching the movie, she was just thinking that she wished we were making out instead. <laughs> oh man, going all the way, making out. Yeah. So that that's this movie's legacy is stopping two people from making out. <laughs> <laughs> Tight. Yeah. Uh, I remember not enjoying it. I remember in the theater yeah. not enjoying it. Um, uh, I had recently reread the books, and it, it was one of those things of like, why are they doing all these things? That's the um, thing, right? Like, yeah. I, I remember whenever this came out, you know, the the seventh book was already out at this point. The book yeah. series mm-hmm. was over. We knew how this right. is all going to wrap up. And then I remember seeing this in theaters and being like, why did they skip over all that stuff that we all know is extremely important and focus on all this stuff that we all know is extremely not important? <laughs> Why? Uh, it, it is it is a movie that can't figure out what it wants to be. Does it want to be a fun year at Hogwarts or does it want to be about the, the uh, fascist takeover that's happening? Or does it want to be all at Hogwarts? A, a poorly, poorly executed romantic comedy? Question mark <laughs> it, for either of those fucking statements? Yeah, 
Okay, well, no, I, I think I do think that the comedic moments with Harry, uh, any anytime Jim Broadbent is on screen, basically, those are funny. But I think a lot of the comedy they try for just yeah, just doesn't really hit well. No, um, dude, a lot of it is like Zack Snyder comedy, where it's just like um, levity. I don't know now. <laughs> well, we need it to be light for a second. Yeah. Uh, also, yeah, it. it yeah, it's 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 hard to even. This is probably the one with the best horror scenes, but I don't know. I don't know that they blend them in well at all. Like you get, you know, the the flashbacks with young Voldemort, which are like played as a horror movie, and they very Damien, very the Omen yeah. like, mm-hmm. very cool, and they work well at that. They do. I, I like I like that. Uh, you got Katie getting cursed by the necklace. That is a fucking great like horror movie moment. That is cool. She like, levitates. Yeah. It's like very Vecna like in a way. Sure. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, the and Inferi, the, the Inferi, like uh, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. you know, we have Gollum at home characters that we have <laughs> yeah the, the yeah the zombie golems is what they are yeah yeah like, uh, those, those are, are all pretty cool yeah good and creepy and that that stuff all works as creepy and then you have harry harry's spider-man three moment when he takes the the luck potion which is like light and fun and just like great and and wonderful but it's like this is a completely different tone than those horror moments and then like, i know dude the, uh, like the tone is just all over the place the it's whole time. all over the map yeah you're right yeah. like the the harry taking the luck potion like it's basically harry takes cocaine and knows yeah. he's doing all the right stuff yeah um, yeah that's it is easily co- the best part is, of the movie easily that is the luck potion though isn't it it's cocaine <laughs> it's just cocaine it's just cocaine. right <laughs> but those yeah, are the best parts in this man funny, yeah it's so good like the 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 funeral bit jim broadbent the uh, though your body will decay, your soul <laughs> lingers on. Like, He's all great. of that. So fucking funny. Well, and again, like, it makes me wonder, though. It's like, is the writing funny, or is it just that Daniel Jim Radcliffe and funny? Jim Broadbent are yeah. so fucking good, man? Yeah. Like, yeah. both of those guys just sell the shit out of all of those scenes right there. That's mm-hmm. easily the best part of the movie. Easily the part that reminds you the most of the tone of the earlier Harry Potter movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of that other humor and stuff just falls so fucking flat, man. Like e- even that scene, like where it's like this huge dramatic scene where, you know, Ron drinks this mead that's poisoned and you're like, fuck, he's going to die. Then he's like, these girls are going to kill me or whatever the fuck he says. Yeah. That's a weird, cause that was a Pulp Fiction scene. Like that was yeah, like totally. fucking, you know, <laughs> like, that that moment needed to linger and not be tagged with a joke, but that again because it's supposed to be a children's movie, you need the joke because letting it linger is too tense. Yep. So it's like it's like the material is darker than it's they're wanting it to be on screen because they want it to be a fun children's movie because that's the base that's who's coming to see the movies well but that that's what's confusing about this is i don't think that this movie really is sure of the age group of the audience no it's, it's playing not. to dude yeah. this is the first movie in a while that's been rated pg mm-hmm so it's like, okay, so the, the the book series is aging up with the audience. We're getting darker. We're getting more mature. We're introducing these 
themes that, you know, kids that read the first one are now ready to deal with. Right. Uh, but this movie seems really unsure who it's catering towards. It's like, is it yeah. is it teens that are interested in romance? Is it teens that are ready to get, you know, into these darker themes that are introduced in this book? Yeah. Who is this for? Because at the end of the day, it's rated PG and the tone is just all over the fucking place. It is the horniest one, for sure. Oh, my God, dude. Like, Hogwarts want to fuck. Yeah, and and in that um in that respect it's like you know I guess like it, 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 we're talking about 16-year-olds at this point. And 16-year-olds I mean, that's kind of the average age especially in the 90s for losing your virginity. So uh we have to expect that they're fucking. And in fact like I remember reading the sixth book and it's like so lavender and, and ron fucked right like they For definitely sure. had sex yeah um and and i and i think like the, there's a lot of implication like going on especially with the way jenny is acting toward harry where she's very much just like please put your dick in me and harry's like oh this is pleasant oh, oh. i'll take the tiniest bite of a tart ever oh my uh, god dude <laughs> But like it's like she's like she's like here eat my tart here I'll get on my knees in front of you and tie your shoe you know what I mean it would have been amazing if she was just like feeding him like a clam instead yeah she was like suck it suck the clam <laughs> but that, that's again like it was very sexual because like she's like don't you trust me it's like it's like a trust exercise leading yeah. towards sex where she's well, but, like but then the thing will is, you let me do these things to yeah you? which is all fine and good but the problem is is that okay for one harry and jenny have as much chemistry on stage as fucking <laughs> bella and edward like they yeah, have it's so no bad. chemistry yeah. whatsoever and it kind of no. makes me think that like this movie and I'd have, I'd have to check the dates here. I don't remember when the Twilight movies came out. But, like, surely they must have watched those movies and been like, okay, kids like this really stilted, awkward, you know, love story thing where mm. everybody is super strange and awkward and weird with well, each other. So let's just do that here. Well, they don't do that with any of the other, like, romances that are going on. I, I think that... I think it... Because, like, Harry with... So, like, at the beginning, he's at that cafe. He seems like, oh, I'm going to get some tonight. Um, and then, like, with, like, Ramilda Vane, when he finds out she wants to put a love potion in or whatever, he's like, fuck yeah, like, let's do this. But with Jenny, he's, like, very scared, it seems. And I know, like, the the book reasons for that are it's it's Ron's sister, and it's like he doesn't want Oh, any it's of this. me mate's sister, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, oh, he doesn't want to like fuck that up, but the the movie doesn't fully convey that that's what's going on. Like, it makes it clear that Ron is is weirded out by it, but not that Harry doesn't want to upset Ron. Yeah. So like, it just feels like like there there's no reason why they should be that way, and it also seems to me like again after watching that anniversary thing, like. They they talk about like the different relationships and stuff that went on on set throughout the years, and it really does seem like well, Jenny was like way young, 
Yeah. So, like, Harry probably just saw her as, like, a younger sister type. So, like, in those scenes, it's real awkward for him. And they just don't have that chemistry. Yeah, totally, man. So, yeah, may- maybe it was, like, a little bit of, like, oh, this is this is the type of, like, camera, like, or the, ty- the type of, like, shots and stuff and type of feel that, that the kids want in Twilight. Because it did feel kind of like that. Some of the shots and whatnot Very did much. feel Twilighty. Uh, but I, Dude, I think that, also that there's fucking, a lot there. That part in there where there's that like long ass awkward pause, shoelace bends uh-huh. down, ties a shoelace, more silence. Yeah, and then a line like that is Twilight as fuck, dude. It is. It is. Yeah. And the problem that so, I have too with like selling their relationship is the way that Jenny's character is not portrayed as growing whatsoever like in, in right. the books you have okay awkward jenny has a crush on harry she's all kind of shy and timid around him she goes through the stuff in the chamber of secrets and then after that she starts to grow and become yeah a lot more sassy a lot more confident and powerful she's, as a character yeah. in she's these movies popular. she doesn't yeah, in, in in the in the book, she's 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 very good at uh, Quidditch. Like she, yep, she takes over for Harry, uh, and then when Harry comes back, like she's still like one of the leaders of the team. And then she like in the you know prologue, she she becomes a, a professional Quidditch player. Like she's super popular. She has you know we we do get to see she has Dean Thomas as a boyfriend, but like she kind of you know does whatever she wants she has all sorts of friends people like her she's very good at magic we we in uh the seventh book she you know battles against Bellatrix Lestrange at the end like yeah dude so she as she uh yeah she as a teenager is fighting this witch we know to be super powerful um so yeah in the books she's a badass in this like aside from all we saw in the second movie we barely get anything from her, like a little bit in the Dumbledore's army training scenes, kind of demonstrating a little of what we were saying that she is effective and good at this. But like, yeah. she she's never given the the like full treatment that she gets in the book, so it's it's hard to even care about their relationship. <laughs> I know, I totally agree. So it's like they really drive this romance forward in this, but. As a viewer of just the movies, it's kind yeah. of hard to care. You know, like if yeah. you just watch the movies, I don't really understand how you're rooting for Harry and Jenny to get together when Jenny's character is paper thin. I don't understand how you'd watch this movie without having read the book. And that that's coming from a perspective of someone who had read the book, watched the movie, and was like pissed off at how much they changed. But then now, having not read the books in so long, watching it as a movie. It doesn't make sense. Like no, dude. That, there's that's not been the revealing enough. thing about this man is like doing yeah. these on the podcast, just trying to watch them as like, okay, what does this say as a movie? What is the story yeah. as a movie? Trying to forget everything I know about the books and all the subtext yeah. and all this, dude. There's no way you watch this movie and we're like, man, what a story that told. What a <laughs> right. story. Yeah, it doesn't tell the story of the Half Blood Prince. It uh, doesn't no. really tell doesn't really tell the story of Voldemort like it Not cuts so much of that um nope. it tells a whole lot of stories about relationships but like as we just said the the relationship it's getting at is boring dude um, and and that's what kills me is like you know even at this point at the point that they were writing and making this movie 
it was widely known they were going to be seven books in the series. You're making the sixth of seven books into a movie. Yeah. And you're like, man, I'm pretty sure this stuff with Ron and Lavender is really <laughs> going to be important. Of course yeah. it's fucking not. Like, you knew it wasn't. Why did you shoehorn well, that into this? Well, I mean, like, it's all about the Ron-Hermione relationship and trying to build that up for the big kiss in the eighth movie. Um, but, like, I don't think any of us were... Because, like, in, in reading the book... We had gone through all this with Ron and Hermione, and it was like, oh, okay, cool. They're, you know, they're going to be together. But in the movies, it's kind of like, huh, all right, fine. Like, I knew they were going to get together, but is this good for Hermione? (laughs) Right. And then then to hear them talking about it, Ron and Hermione, I mean, uh, Rupert Grint and and Emma Watson talking about it and saying that they dreaded that day. They didn't want to do it because they they had grown up as like brother and sister and now they're having to kiss. And that's kind of the feel of it in the movies, too, where it's like, I know that you've been setting up this relationship between them, but they feel more like brother and sister than they do like two people who are interested in each other. And that's true of... Harry and Jenny as well, and and you can t- and the reason why the lavender stuff is actually bad is because there is some passion there. Like between uh, Jesse Cave and, and Rupert Grint, there seems to be like, okay, this is cool. Like I'm glad I'm getting to make out in this scene. Like so, you've you've shown us that people can be interested in each other, and then you show us these other two relationships that just feel like sibling relationships. Yeah. Well, but what's weird, though, is that they focused on all these relationships that don't matter while also just throwing in relationships that do kind of matter. Where it's like, okay, uh, Lupin and Tonks. Tonks, yeah. Kind of fucking important. And it really, you know, especially at the end of the seventh book. Yeah, it tugs at the heartstrings. But in this, it's just like, um, I don't know. They got together. Whatever. Yep. Yeah, no, Why? no, like indication of like their their whole relationship, and and again, like these books are so long that that was never really an option. I don't think. I mean, if you were to remake this, it would be a type of thing where you would need to break up the books into more than one movie. But who wants to see that? I, I just mean, don't want to watch like, a, a good ass HBO. Oh, you know, it's like or a BBC TV series? series of this. I would yeah, fucking yeah. watch uh, that. Obviously, we all yeah. would. Yeah, I think I think I think that could be done well. Um it 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 really is like the this is a 600-page book. There the main storylines are that uh seri- or um, uh fucking uh what's his name? Uh, uh Snape. Severus Snape <laughs> is the half-blood prince. Uh um the the uh, search for Horcruxes that was started by Regulus Black uh, is being picked up by Dumbledore, and Dumbledore discovers all this like history about Voldemort. That's Boy, they sure didn't do any of that didn't in do the movie. Really, any of that except for the couple of scenes with him, you know, or one scene with him as a kid. Um, and then uh, what, what else? The other would be Harry learning of the Horcruxes along with Dumbledore so that he can pick up the journey in the next book. Yeah. And, and ultimately, uh, the thing about it is, is that, you know, 
this entire book series, this entire story arc, is a tale of of Harry and Voldemort. These two characters yeah. that are mm-hmm. tied together, that share um, so many things, and are destined to fight. And you know, just classic hero villain kind of shit. Yeah. This this sixth book is really all the big setup of like, okay, by now, you know, we've done five books that are all about Harry. You know, all about this character, all about his past, where he came from. Before we reach the final destination, the big epic final battle, you need to learn about the bad guy. You need to learn about the ultimate big bad, where he came from, yeah. the source of his powers, the source of his weaknesses. And then after you learn all that stuff, you can head on into the seventh book for this final confrontation. And it means a lot and it's impactful. And you know what you're getting into. Yeah. This movie, though, <laughs> for whatever fucking reason, is like, eh, nah, nah, nah. Like, how does yeah. this prepare you for the big finale at all? It doesn't. And in fact, they have to cover a lot of that ground in the seventh movie. Dude. Like, they have to cover so much of, of the ground that they didn't cover in the sixth. That it's yeah. like, I guess it's almost uh, an excuse for two movies at the end because they wanted to make. I mean, because this movie almost made a billion dollars and so did the next two movies. Like, Jeez. that's a lot of fucking money. But, dude, the um, thing about the sixth one is, is like, I loved. I loved reading that book and getting all those like grim ass, like grimy flashbacks of his, you know, almost like Rob Zombie childhood of just these like, you know, really trashy, terrible people that he grew up with. All the stuff like Marvolo Gaunt and Mm -hmm. all that cool stuff. And then how he ended up, you know, encountering the, the, whatever, the diadem of Ravenclaw and all these other things that became Horcruxes and like, why they were important to him and why he chose those specific artifacts. It was so cool. Like I really did enjoy the sixth book very much because it was, it was a lot different than the plot of a lot of the other Harry Potter things where it's just like, he goes to school, some shit's happening. Boy, there's a mystery who's behind it. Uh Oh, it's this person. Like the sixth book is actually quite a lot different. It's like world building in the third act, but it kind of works. Yeah, it absolutely does. It does. And it, it, it does serve as more of um, it's dark, but not depressing in the way that the fifth one is. Like yeah, the, totally. The fifth one's just very depressing. This one yeah. is is very like dark, but like interestingly so, where you want to keep reading more about this darkness. Yeah. Um, rather than wanting to keep reading more about how sad Harry is. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out though. Honestly, and and again, I'm giving this movie the benefit of the doubt here. How you could have made a movie out of that I don't sixth think book? You can, you can. yeah, which is ultimately yeah. just a bunch of flashbacks, and they are mm-hmm. really cool and they are really interesting. But it's like ultimately, yeah. the sixth book is essentially a giant last minute exposition dump yeah. that just kind of works. I don't yeah. really know how you can turn that into a standalone movie that is just an exposition dump. As like, a I don't series, really know I how. could see it, though. As a series, I could see an episode being dedicated to all of that. Yeah, like, dude. Just this would be like, yeah, episode 37, even, yeah, the many like memories to, of Voldemort. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to have all the in-between stuff leading up to it. You just have all of it as one episode. Like, yep. Any, anybody, like trying to adapt this in the future it would have to be looking at it as a series and two would have to be looking at no well it's not gonna it's not gonna read like the book 
Yeah. It's going to tell the story in a different way. Yeah, because ultimately, how can you do all this story with, yeah, this, this wraparound about all these flashbacks and glimpses into the past while intercutting it with, like, meanwhile at school? Yeah, it just doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't it really doesn't work. work. So... I mean, I understand converting this into movie had to be a very difficult process where they're like, well, we need to learn about Voldemort, but we can't just spend a whole movie exposition dumping on people. Yeah, well, and they also, all three of the main uh, actors were considering leaving, so like... I saw that, dude. Yeah, they had to have had a a rough time really bringing this together, And, and I would say in the end, they don't really bring it together, they just got it done. Yeah, pretty much, man. And of course, yeah. you know, our, our cast in this, we have a lot of returning characters that are just as great as always. I mean, we've always said some of the the best parts about these movies are, are definitely the casting, but we've got a yeah. couple of new characters coming in mm-hmm. here. We've got Horace Slughorn, played by Jim Broadbent, who is, he's just a, a fucking treasure, man. He's not exactly he what I thought slughorn would look like no no he's definitely described much more like um uh vernon like a slug yeah like i was gonna say like whenever i read him in the book i was like this guy looks like the wizarding version of vernon he's short he's fat he has a mustache i'm like this sounds like vernon to me Um, yeah which you know just like how we talked about in the past where it's like why aren't the dursleys blonde because they look like the malfoys like JK kind of has this idea of people that she thinks look shady. Yeah. Well, and, and she often sort of imprints doc- that on other people all the time. Uh, anybody anybody uh, who's ever paid attention to her fat phobia is like, yeah. like, oh boy. Oh, man. It's a thing. It's a, definitely a thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, uh, you know, even though he doesn't look like how I thought Slughorn would look. It's fucking Jim Broadbent, dude. The guy is a yeah. damn treasure. He is so good. He's so good at playing this character who is, mm-hmm. um, and this is a specific type, dude. Like in the in the educational world, no matter if you're talking about you know academic or music education or whatever, there's teachers that are star fuckers. There's teachers that yep. are like, I taught this person. My student went on to do this. I'm so and, glad you used the word star fucker because that's yeah. exactly what I wrote down. I was yeah, like, that's exactly is what he is. Fucker. Yeah. yeah, like he is so obsessed with the success of his students. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, it all goes back to those who, who do, you know, those who can do, those who can't teach. Right. Uh, he's so obsessed that even though he's kind of like living from location to location two weeks at a time, he still brings along like 19 pictures of his star students or whatever yeah. to put up everywhere he goes because he's such a, a, a star fucker. And that is indeed a type. He plays this character very well who is, you know, super obsessed with the accolades of his students that he has taught and taking the the glory and taking the credit for it, but is ultimately kind of like a sad dude. He does yeah. a really good job of playing that character. Yeah, he does. He uh very very uh great facial expressions throughout that really do convey so much of his like sadness even though and his vocal a lot intonations of what, so yeah, good. Yeah. A lot of what he's doing is goofy and silly and uh, like everything he says is he always tries to keep that upbeat attitude because like he his principal motivation is for the star students to turn into star adults who mention him to other star adults so that he can be friends with more 
stars and bigger names like he he never wants to be the downer he never wants to sound uh sad or anything right but it comes through like that's the thing like he the way that he makes it come through is it feels like he's accidentally letting it slip and uh, yeah he, he's just great in this he um, is yeah also as i said uh, uh about lavender brown uh, lavender brown had technically been in two movies before but uh she'd never had a line and they had two different actresses play her she's lavender uh, white this time <laughs> <laughs> okay so that was one of those things that i looked at askance instantly when i thought about it so i had to investigate it and um so what what kind of happened um was that uh lavender brown had never been described necessarily as, as any particular like race uh and then in the sixth book there's a a bit where like uh uh hermione is talking about her like lavender brown and uh ron making out and she says like she can't tell where their hands uh, end or whatever and it's like there, there's the indication there that oh she's white like him like um and so it had kind of been established in the books that she's white so then they were like well we need to cast a white character uh and they also this was the first time lavender brown was going to have a, a big role so they wanted to get uh, an actress who you know uh, had some experience so they brought in jesse cave instead of using the actress they had used previously uh, and she is really good. Like I, she I is really she's good. Very I love good Jessica. at playing yeah. this like mm-hmm. overly lovey dovey, obsessed yeah. with a boy yeah. kind of character cliche. But she does it very convincingly and very well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think she does a great job. And, and and I don't. I mean, I think if there's any like if there is any source of racism there, it would be J.K. deciding no, Lavender Brown's not black. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I think again, like. Uh, I saw someone point out, actually, like, every character that's black, she specifically says they're black. She does. Uh, which, again, is probably some some bit of racism, too, because she doesn't describe the white characters as white. So no. the default <laughs> is white. Um, <laughs> that You know what? So, when you yeah. put it that way, that does yeah. kind of spell out what the, quote, norm is. Yeah, it? yeah. Which is kind of like when she said that Hermione could be black, it's like, yeah, that's cool of you to say, but reading your books, you describe every black character as a black person. As being person. black, yeah. yeah. Lee so, Jordan, a black boy, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, it really does. It's like every time, and like seeing it, seeing it like written out like that it, you know in what i was reading it was like oh fuck yeah she well, does do that and the thing is is like anytime it's a non-white character she definitely designates that by giving them an extremely right. stereotypical name yeah yeah so uh, yeah but yeah lavender lavender brown um being white uh that it wasn't a casting decision at least is what i'm saying it, it comes from the books whether or not uh why jk rowling made that clear because the the book that it comes from came out in 2006 or whatever 2005 which would have been after the the movies that had already portrayed lavender brown as black so yeah eh, i don't know about that right yeah but jesse cave's great but the thing about this is is that you know even though the casting is obviously great as always there's so many 
great characters and great actors that don't have anything to do or yeah. don't appear in this film. It's like there's yep. there's no Hagrid in this movie. There's no McGonagall barely, yeah. in this movie. Barely. Mm-hmm. There is barely any. Yeah, Lupin or Tonks. There's barely yep. any of the Weasleys in this. It is seriously yeah, just like, like Harry, Ron, Hermione, a couple teachers. That's mm. the entire movie. And, and that can be fine. Like, you know, we don't need all the secondary characters. But when we, as we said, when we're talking about the scenes we're seeing with Harry, Ron, and Hermione are all just about relationships and stuff and really not advancing the plot much, it doesn't make sense. No elves. Like, there are no yeah, house elves, period. Mm-hmm. Which, again, this is so confusing to me. Well, like, when, like, I remember whenever people get to that seventh movie and they're like, oh my God, Dobby dies. And I'm like, why do you care? Yeah, you wouldn't care if you'd only seen the, the movies, I don't think. No, he's in um, the second one. He's in. Is he in the fourth one, like, a little? Oh. Uh, Maybe he, not. No, Maybe he's not in the fourth no, one. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Mm. Is no, surely he's not just in two and seven. I think he might be. <laughs> <laughs> so why are you supposed to give a fuck, dude? I can't imagine how you would. I I, I really can't imagine how you would. Well, honestly, actually, though, I can because a lot of people would have seen the second one as little kids and like maybe watched it over and over and over. Type I of guess thing, where it's like, oh, I love Dobby. Dobby's so great. Um. But again, I, yeah, I think it really mainly only affects the people who read the book that are like, oh, this is, I've watched Dobby's journey. Uh, this is uh, extremely sad. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. But if you've just seen the movies, why would you care? Yeah, you just, you just wouldn't. Yeah, there's, and, and like, also, like, this movie just glosses over the fact that a, like, a, uh, like fascists are taking over they're taking over like it, it mentions that you know uh, slughorn is hiding out from the death eaters yeah it there's a brief mention just before the death eaters attack the burrow which makes no fucking sense but uh, we'll talk about it um but just before that like uh, uh mr weasley is talking about how the death eaters have been basically harassing the weasleys and stuff so like what's going on is like fascists are going door to door finding who's loyal this is happening in the background it's dark as fuck it's scary as shit there's a whole like nazi fascist uh, like a nazi fascist organization of wizards taking over and we're watching quidditch yeah and that's the thing about this movie that i like but i kind of forgot about is that whenever the movie opens it shows you the real-world crossover of, like, okay, the Wizarding World is getting fucking hairy, and it's invading the world of the Muggles. Like, there's right. storms, yeah. there's natural disasters, This uh, the Millennium Bridge, which shouldn't have existed by this point in the story, by the way, because right. it takes place in the uh-huh. late 90s. Yeah. Uh, but whatever. It gets destroyed. Like, it uh-huh. shows you that there's real-world shit. In the book, it starts off with, like, the British Prime Minister meeting with the Minister of Magic and they're talking about this shit. Like, it shows that, like, okay, this has global, real-world implications, not just stuff that affects the fucking wizards. And the movie starts that way, and then it's like, well, anyway, um, they're playing kissy face, and they're going to try it for Quidditch. It's like there's, there's nothing going on outside of that. 
Yeah, the I, I feel like so much of the script was well anyway. Yeah. Uh, and, and yada, 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 the end. Like, but it, you like, know what? How like life this is, <laughs> where we're like, you know, we're talking about the quote post COVID world where it's like, oh no, there's still a raging global pandemic going on right now. Yeah. But we got to fucking figure out jobs because we haven't figured out anything else. So anyway, back to work. Like, this yeah. is honestly kind of like life where it's like, yeah, there's horrible shit going on. There are growing fashions. Uh, factions of nationalism and white nationalism and uh, uh, all this other horrible shit taking we, place. But anyway, we, back to work. <laughs> we're in the midst of 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 it, right? Like we, the yeah, we're the, doing it. The crumble of the American Empire is happening as we're podcasting about Harry Potter. Harry Potter. So, yeah, so we're doing uh, it right now too. Sure. Yeah. So the the tone of this might be too accurate, even maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like, that, but that's not to say it's a good story, especially no, a story no, for like a, a kid wizard franchise. Like that's not entertaining exactly, which I think is what this is striving for, right? Yeah, that's exactly like like there's something I just don't get about her world where like the idea is that it's like this like magical world where Harry finds you know that he's he's somebody and there's this enemy and so it's like oh good versus evil type of thing but then as she fleshes out the world more and more it's like well actually the wizarding world is generally neutral to positive toward the bad side um (laughs) what do you mean the only school in all of great britain that has the one nazi house that they just kind of agree to go with yeah what do you mean (laughs) and and their their marketing center the 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 central uh uh, hub of their capitalism uh it has nazi alley that's just like no i mean you have to have that like what are you gonna do not have nazi alley Uh, it's like the the worldview of wizards is there will always be nazis and that's not terrible and we should maybe work with them a little bit like you kind of have to to make it under wraps you always are gonna have to make room for the people that are obsessed with blood purity that's what you're saying it's just like well fact of life guess they're here to stay yeah and that's i mean that is (laughs) how like life this is (laughs) yeah it's it is the it is the the that i mean i'm gonna say the word neoliberalism i'm going to define it real quick for everybody who doesn't really know what neoliberalism is me neoliberalism is a right wing uh uh political movement uh, all of the Democrat Party is neoliberal. At best, you have Bernie Sanders, who is kind of on the left. So you're saying no- that like neoliberalism is American idea of what being liberal is, which is to say yes. being right wing to the rest of the world. Yes, got it. Yes. So this is like a neoliberal vision. This is neoliberal dream, where it's like, oh no, no, we're in fact we're not going to say the Nazis are even bad because we. Kind of need them to buy all the stuff we have on Nazi Alley and to fill up that one house we have at our main educational institution, where we twenty five percent of our houses and school, right, where they constantly battle to maintain a Nazi foothold that they are winning at. I mean, the I guess we gotta live book, with them. 
Yeah, the entire fifth book is the government appointed a person to go and interrogate students with torture to figure out if any of them are dissenting. Like, <laughs> I mean, if you say it not, that way, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this world is a fucking nightmare, and it reflects re- our reality very well, but I, I don't know... How is that fun? <laughs> That's like, the thing about this. And I kept thinking about this as I was watching this movie specifically, dude, where I'm like, okay, are there ever any people <laughs> in the wizarding world that are just like, oh, I'm muggle-born. I'm a normal kid. Oh, my God. I'm a wizard. I have powers. This is oh, cool. There, yeah. There's a school for me to go to. And then you get like wrapped up in this world and you're like, wait, 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 wait. So we all have magical powers and stuff and we can like make our own provisions and live in tents that are mansions inside. But I guess there's still poor people and people yeah. have to pay jobs and have yeah. an economy and... Man. It's, yeah, live with is, the Nazis, and I, also I have to go to danger school with the Nazi house every year. <laughs> like, it got me thinking, like, are there any people that find out that they're wizards and then they opt out because they're like, I don't know, I think I'll just go home and live with, like, electricity <laughs> and appliances and, like, normal rock music that doesn't yeah, fucking right. suck. Like, if you, yeah, <laughs> it's like to the mid to late 90s. Like, they're they're not even enjoying okay, any... Okay, I'm just saying, dude, it's like you can go to fucking danger school with the Nazi kids, or you can stay home with PlayStation 1 and Led Zeppelin. Which one are you Fuck fucking yes. choosing? Yeah, that's so much easier. And, and also, like... <laughs> We got to talk about, okay, so like we talked about in the, the fifth episode about how, about capitalism, wizarding capitalism, and how fucking sad it is that they still choose to have poverty for no reason. No, but not really. <laughs> the, looking at this, okay, we're going to, we, we want to talk about the love potion. This is a way to get into it. So Fred and George open a business and the fucking wizarding market center that sells love potion and that love potion is is rape juice it's just roofies right like they're just selling roofies well i mean it makes it on in an opposite way it makes a person (laughs) enthusiastically consent but not remember anything about it so (laughs) that's not good like yeah so th- not only is their capitalism like requiring poverty as all capitalism does but it it is also so extremely unregulated that little kids can go buy rape juice <laughs> That's okay, insane. when you put it in those words, it really yeah. does kind of shine a light on the whole thing, doesn't it? Little kids can go buy rape juice. Again, yes. I'll stay home with Battle Arena Toshinden and fucking Soundgarden. <laughs> if that's yes. if those are my options, yeah. I'm staying home. <laughs> it never hit me until I just like the third time I rewatched this for for this where like after uh, Harry gives uh, Ron the stuff to like counteract the love potion. He immediately says, "What just happened?" Yeah, and it's yeah. like, "Oh no, he doesn't he, know." Yeah, so like that wasn't like it was already like you're forcing someone to love you, but in this case, not only are you forcing them to love you, they don't know it's happening. Well, and then also it's revealed in the books that that 
Voldemort's Tom Riddle's conception was on a love potion, so it's like a rape baby turns into the most evil person on earth. Jesus Christ. Jesus like, Christ what? is fucked up. <laughs> I, mean, I can't even already... say that and not fucking cringe. Yeah. It's like, fuck, but it's right there. It's in the book. Yeah, it is already a school where everyone carries a gun. <laughs> everyone. <laughs> and so do the and... teachers. The teachers are armed. <laughs> yeah. Like, the kids don't even know how to use it, but they no. have it. They have they it. They have it. Dude, yeah. And that's the thing about this, too. Like, ultimately, in this, in this fucking movie, a kid throws up on a teacher's shoes, gets a month in detention. Meanwhile, Harry Potter casts a near-fatal spell that he doesn't know how it works and slashes another student open yeah. and just walks away. <laughs> well, he's Harry Potter. You can't oh, put him in yeah, detention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no dude seriously like this th- this wizarding world where it's like okay you got the real world over here oh it's so bland and drab or you can be a part of the wizarding world with mm. <laughs> with its uh fucking economic structures that still you know break <laughs> people that are poor there's yep. nazis and there's school shooters in the, right. the fucking Draco Malfoy. <laughs> yeah how magical <laughs> <laughs> it, it really did lose the plot a little bit i guess yeah after it sure it does started, seem less fun it sure yeah. does seem less fun at the end of the day whenever you're yeah. like mm, i don't know if this is really better <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i don't i mean yeah the, the the love potion just hit me as like god damn it that is just that is not a thing that you put into like You've got to you've got to tamp it down or something, right? Like you can't just be like, "Oh, here's a love potion that is a nightmarish uh, rape drug." Yeah, it, it it needed to be something that's like, "Oh no, it like it works on actual feelings and, and stuff like that." Uh, like like if 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 it had been like Ron ate the the love potion from Emil Devane, and like if he just if nothing really happened to him because he doesn't know Romil Devane. Yeah. Like that would have been more like, oh, okay. I mean it's still coercion. It's still gonna be bad. But like it, it is just purely like nightmare drug. Okay, like, here's the thing about that in, in this movie too. So Ron eats those chocolates under Harry's bed that were intended mm-hmm. for him that have a love potion in him and stuff. Dude, after you've been in this world for six years and suddenly one of your buddies is like acting super fucking weird out of nowhere. Yeah. Don't you just immediately go like, okay, you've been oh, fucking magic. jinxed. Yeah, you've been magic yeah. somehow, right? Yeah, that that doesn't... The, the Harry <laughs> Potter world is a world where magic is like... I don't know how to express it. It's like What's magic is only... It's it's only the most boring. Like they they have come up with a bland conformist magic. Like Luna is a good example of this. Luna is like, uh, here's a, a crazy magical creature, and they're like, what are you talking about crazy fucking magical creatures, you ass? Like I love the fact that 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 people find a way to bully Luna as being weird. It's just yeah, like, hey, it, we just left our fucking. Uh, our, our our class where we learned about damn giddly winks, which are little blue yeah. pixies that live under our pillows at night, but Nargles, man, no. fuck you. Yeah. You're yeah, a fucking so, weirdo. Yeah, so like what I'm saying <laughs> is that like, like the conformity factor of it, where like they still just don't expect magic to happen. 
They don't yeah. expect it to ever happen, to ever occur. Uh, and when it does, they're like, I don't believe this. It's like, still pretty closed-minded over there. That's the thing. Yes. It's, like it's, it's not really much more open-minded than what we have here in the muggle world, no. dude. Which, again, is a good reflection of what a reality would be. I just don't feel like that's what you want to sell as a children's fantasy oh, Okay, book. Like, I'll put this out there, though, as someone with experience in these fields. It is so much like the world of religion, where... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Growing up conservative Christian yes. as I did, it's just like, oh yeah, fucking talking snakes and magical hair, totally real. But those people that are in the building next to us that speak in tongues, wackos. Crazy. Wackos. Crazy. Too cra- that's too crazy. much. That's crazy. Yeah. The stuff the Mormons believe, lunatic. Those Scientologists, yeah. man, they're weird. Like, listen, y'all, it's all fucking weird. Yeah, it is all fucking weird, which is why I actually, honestly, I feel like there would be so many different magical religions and denominations and stuff like yeah it really would be like people who are like actually charms are evil i don't do charms i don't allow my child to take charms class like yeah yeah yeah. we're anti-potion in this household yeah yeah Yeah, we pray to merlin or whatever yeah exactly like none of none of this like like the the conformist factor would be there yes but like none of this like absolute conformity though like it would be it would be like so many different people with all their weird beliefs that all shared certain conformist beliefs. But in this case, it's just one monolith. And that monolith includes Nazis. And it's like, <laughs> I, I, I guess, it, yeah, it's just a fact of life. You have to have Nazis. So, yeah, yeah. Like uh, the fact that that Luna gets mistreated and then we find out in like the seventh book that like. You know her dad. Her dad is this like he has the the quibbler, the conspiracy theory sort of magazine, and we find out that he's like right about everything. He is kind so, of yeah. It's like yeah. in this world, Alex Jones was right about gay frogs, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's like okay, so like, <laughs> what is this getting at then? Like <laughs> that conspiracy theories are right? I guess. I, I mean, like, because like again, when you start when you start connecting that to stuff she says now, it's like. She is connecting to conspiracy theories about trans people that aren't rooted in fact. And it's almost like she was saying back then that, like, I, you need to be listening to more conspiracy theory because they, they've got it right. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. But it's also like, but also let's bully those people. Like, for real. <laughs> bully the shit out of them because... You know, we need to be conformist, but also like you need to you need to figure out what they're saying because it's all real. There's a, there's some odd messaging here, and, and honestly, like I I will say it it is very hard to do something as ambitious as as this series of books oh, did, yeah. and, and yeah. it's something that like let's say Tolkien never had to worry about. Like Tolkien didn't age up his writings uh, with his you know with his market. Like these yeah. books started with kids, and she's like, "I'm gonna write a series of books that grow up with these kids." That is a very mm-hmm. niche thing because if she kept writing at book one level the entire time, kids that were fucking eighteen by the time the series ended, they just wouldn't read it. Yeah, yeah, it's like these are kids' books. I don't read them anymore. Right. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. the next generation would be like, "Cool, I have seven Harry Potter books to read." Um, the approach that she took is indeed. Very ambitious. And I think that you would have had to have known 
from the get-go that your series was going to be a success, and this is something that people yeah. were going to be interested in for a decade or whatever it is while you write these and books and impossible. age them up. That's yeah. impossible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, it is very ambitious, but it's kind of hard not to write yourself into a corner whenever you're going into it with that approach. Like, I don't really know how you could start at book one and be like, I know this shit is going to fucking mash and kids are going to be reading this into their teenage and twenties and I'm going to age it up with them. Like there, there's really no way to do that and make a world that makes complete sense. So no, there's not, there's it, not, it, it's, it's a hard task, man. It is. And, and, and honestly, like, um, really what I'm, I'm ex, uh, exposing in her, her fantasy world is just, uh, normal everyday assumptions that I would say your average person in, the west has like so much of our um like biases and and opinions and things are based off of and rooted in like uh human trafficking and slavery and all these other things that we can pull out of her books and be like look what the fuck is this but when she's writing it she's just like and that's the world that i live in and it's like that is the world she fucking lives in she may be defending it on accident but uh so many so many of us are are missing the fact i i think like what i'm saying about this movie and, and book is that it really does reflect what happens it, is in a that, lot of ways like, yeah is that like uh, uh the ratchet effect uh the neoliberal uh, uh allowance of the right to go further right so then the the reaction is for the neoliberals to go further right and then the right goes further right again the neoliberals go and it it never gets to go back left until there's this big fascist uprising and and a battle Um, that's the problem is like whenever you make room to accept a a a modicum of, of fascism yeah whenever you make room to accept a faction of the unaccepting yeah it's never going to work. It's never, it's never ever going, going to. to work. And, and and that's right. And that seems to be the point of the book. And the the thing that I think I'm I'm butting up against is, but that's not her viewpoint. <laughs> like she's made clear that's not her viewpoint because her viewpoint uh, includes not accepting trans people, which is like okay, so that you've allowed for that modicum of intolerance. You're allowing. Mm. The ratchet effect. You're allowing, and it seems to be going that way with her, where she seems to be getting worse. And it's like, well, you're you're doing it. You're doing the thing that you're. You're mudblooding them. Yeah. 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 Exactly. You're doing the thing the books were supposed to be warning us against. And yeah, I, I yeah, I just don't know. I don't know how to reckon with it all. Though this, uh, you know. I, I, going into this, I was not excited about having to talk about this movie, but then watching yeah. it and seeing all these things, I was like, actually, fuck, there's still so much to talk about with like what's going on, not only in, in, in the books and movies, but now with her. Like, what's going on with like her as an individual? It's just like this descent down this very... Like, we would have kept her on a pedestal for a long time like people would have been questioning of course like as they always were the house self slavery and stuff like that there still would have always been these like imperfections but if she continued to show this like tolerance and love and whatnot for all people 
nobody would care. Nobody would like say, Question like, it, "Oh, right. fuck you." Yeah, they'd be like, "Well, you know, the, uh, as I'm saying, it is a reflection of, of her worldview, but it's a worldview that so many Western uh, white people, mostly Western white people, have. It is a uh, a view of of a world that that requires you to have a lot of like, you know, um, uh." What is it called? Fuck. I'm working with you. It's a it's a thing where stuff goes up. Um, it's a it's a super sloppy um, double dare. What's it? Privilege. Privilege. Privilege is what I was trying to think of. Uh, where you, you're you're coming from a perspective of a lot of privilege that that uh, requires a, a, a you know a capitalist market that is upkept by uh, slavery and accepts intolerance. Um, so like she's reflecting that worldview and maybe, you know, because that is obviously negative and whatnot, we would have always questioned those elements of the books, but it, it, it also wouldn't have been a reflection back on her as a person, uh-huh. but as she has descended into just this full hatred of, of, of trans people, it's like... It makes well, you question the work. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it, it does. makes you question even it's the work It's hard to itself. separate. It's hard to yeah, separate, for sure, it is. man. But, you know, it's ultimately a, a tale about a boy and an old man who uses him as bait <laughs> to get what he wants out of a probable yeah. uh, pedophile. <laughs> you, you're talking about the Harry Potter honeypot situation, where... <laughs> Honey Potter, uh, let's Dumbledore. call him. Yeah. <laughs> Honey Potter. Honey Potter, where Dumbledore is dangling Harry Potter in front of... I, I never This book could have been s- called Honey Potter and the Diddler of Secrets. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the thing is, in the book, I never thought of uh, Slughorn as potentially um, you know, a, a child molester, but watching this movie, every couple of scenes with him i'd be like are they implying he's a child molester i'm telling you dude he is just like man i love kids i like to have parties with kids and get them drunk yeah uh-huh because <laughs> he does like you can't tell me do he doesn't that. he does do that and um that was not a it's not like oh the 90s were a different time adults could get kids drunk no <laughs> Something very shady. Dude, I'm telling you, like there was some point in here while I was watching it where I was waiting for, for Dumbledore, Dumbledore to be like, now listen, Harry, you're going to need to suck the memory out of his penis. <laughs> I just kept waiting on it. Like, she was getting weird, right? Yeah, it was. It was. I, I, like, I had never even, I don't know, I, I guess just paying enough attention to try to critique it, it was just like, wait a second, like there's... Something really weirdly charged about these moments whenever, and it it really is just anytime Dumbledore's talking to Harry about Slughorn and then the stuff that you see Slughorn doing, once you see it from that light, you're like, wait a second. Okay, yeah, he is getting getting students drunk. And dude, at the end Mm. of the day, too, it's like Dumbledore's entire reason for bringing Harry Potter along to recruit him to Hogwarts is because he's like, listen... I know this guy is a real star fucker, and you're like the biggest star ever. Mm-hmm. So he loved to fuck you. So yeah. come along. Like it, it doesn't have anything to do with being like Harry. I trust you to be able to do this. It's entirely mm-hmm. just using Harry as bait, right? 
Yeah, and, and like the scene where they're talking, like after he shows them the the corrupted memory, and he's like, "You want me to like basically, you know, trick him out of it?" But the way that they're talking is very, again, like there's some seductive element to it that yeah. it's like. You want me to seduce this man, right? Like- <laughs> well, and also, too, man, the way that, that Horace Slughorn, who, again, is kind of a sad character. He is this guy who yeah. he, he cannot do, so he teaches, and he lives vicariously yeah. through his students. That is not, you know, an uncommon uh, personality type in the world of education. No, no. But, like, ultimately, this guy is like... I know that Wizard Hitler is regaining his powers, but I'm kind of ashamed of this one thing that I know, so I'm not going to tell anybody. Yeah. To beat Wizard Hitler, dude. It's like, dude, this guy could have come forward immediately and been like, oh, Wizard Hitler is back? Okay, listen, a long time ago, he asked me about this Horcrux thing. I told him about it. So he is using these things, so maybe we can use this to beat him. But he's like, but you know what? I've got to preserve my dignity, and I'm kind of ashamed of that, so I'm just not going to yeah. tell anybody. Like, fuck you, Horace. You're a horrible person. <laughs> You're horrible. Now, I, and I think, like, again, in the book, there's, like, way more of a threat of, like, it, no, if I tell them the Death Eaters will torture me and kill me and all these other things. Whereas in the movie, it's just like, eh, I'm just not going to tell you. I don't feel like it. I'm in, yeah. I'm a little embarrassed, so I'm not gonna. Uh, it's yeah, it's irritating, and it doesn't make much sense at all. Like again, like nothing much makes sense in this. The 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 like least payoff that you get in this movie is the title of the movie. <laughs> Dude, okay, for a movie called <laughs> Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince, it sure doesn't feature a lot of half blood princing. Now, does it? No, it doesn't. It How really many doesn't. scenes are there? Okay, here's the thing, man. Like in the book, there's all this dark stuff, all this terrible stuff going on. Harry finds a little bit of solace and a little bit of companionship in this battered old textbook that he finds yes. in the Half-Blood Prince. It gives him the right answers. It allows him to fail upwards, as Harry does, and not right. work hard, but rather nope. have the answers in front of him to pass the yep. test and get glory, as he always does. Uh-huh. And, you know, he really he bonds closely and identifies with this Half-Blood Prince. And then, at the end of the book... Whenever he learns that this guy who he was looking at, sort of this unseen, uh, looking at as this unseen mentor, this Half-Blood Prince, he's like, oh my God, the Half-Blood Prince is Severus Snape, this guy I hate, the guy who just killed Dumbledore. Yeah. Like, like it that's is this a big huge deal. betrayal. Yeah, yeah. It's like, man, he used this Sectumsempra spell. Like, he did all these things that the prince told him to, and then he realizes, I've been looking up to Snape this whole time. It makes that whole thing where... You know, Snape kills Dumbledore, all the more of just like twisting the knife in Harry, where it's like, yeah. not only did this guy just kill my my wizard granddad that I look up to, wizard but also huh? I've been following in his footsteps and using his advice. Like, oh, it's brutal. But in the movie, he uses the the Half Blood Prince book a couple times over the course of two and a half hours. And then, at and the then end, his friends are like, you got to stop using that fucking book. Look at what it's doing to you. And it's like, what is it doing to him? <laughs> nothing. Yeah, nothing at all. Like with Jenny being like, hey, I was influenced by a book too one time and it yeah, was real, which, real bad. Which is a part of the, the story in the book where Jenny is like, look, I see what... Because again, he does sort of descend into trusting the book over his friends and... 
then she's like, you know, hey, this happened to me too, and people he's can getting put influenced part of themselves by it, in man. the book, and yeah, and so like there, there's a, again another reason to care about the Jenny Harry relationship that they just cut out completely. Yeah, uh, and then you yeah, find and, out at the end, it's just like Snape is like Harry, I am uh, the half blood prince, <laughs> but you don't Good even. Snape. <laughs> Thank you. You don't even learn that he's the half blood prince because his mother was Mary Prince and he's a half blood. Like you, you don't learn right. any of that shit. He's just like it was me. Like nah. so, what's the fucking revelation? Who cares? It's the name of the fucking movie. And then how could you? Because like the all of that and that like conflicted relationship he then has leads up to the revelation in the eighth or in the seventh book the eighth movie that actually you know snape had made this pact with dumbledore and like he was trying to you know get, get like pay penance for what happened to harry's parents because of him and like like you get that revelation and all that combined with this complicated relationship they've developed and whatnot all that means something instead it's just like oh snape was bad and he sucked and he killed dumbledore oh wait <laughs> yeah. he was okay <laughs> like it, it doesn't make any sense no it's really 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 unclear and the thing about it is too like even with the the, the death of dumbledore in this you know their relationship, Harry and Dumbledore's relationship, has been so badly played in these movies with, like, yeah. angry, raging Dumbledore, yeah. uh, who keeps him, you know, locked into his abusive family's cottage every fucking summer. Like, yeah. you don't really have, just like we said about fucking Dobby a second ago, you don't really have a lot of reason to love Dumbledore. And honestly, even if you read the books and you think critically for just a second... Dumbledore does a lot of really shitty stuff to Harry, keeping him in the dark, manipulating yeah. him emotionally, using him as bait all the time, leaving yeah. children to make life and death decisions where, like, the fate of the fucking planet is at hand when he's supposedly the greatest wizard of all time. How like God he is, this Dumbledore, you Which, know? Which, uh, you know... Um as you said, was also in the books, but the seventh book does a really good job of Harry having to confront all that and having yeah. to confront, like, he did all this, and was this the best decision and, like, whatnot? Yeah, he left and, me to figure this stuff out on my own. This sucks. Yeah, and then the seventh and eighth movies don't do a great job of that. So, like, the movies did a great job of making us go, like, there's a million reasons he'd hate Dumbledore, and then the seventh and eighth movies are like, He's a little bit ticked off at him. Yeah, <laughs> like, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it, 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 I just don't care about Dumbledore enough in this movie to care about his death. Like, yeah. It's it hard to, honestly. Much. It really is like, hard to. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, like in the books, that's different. I think everybody who read the books and enjoyed the books, uh, when Dumbledore died, it was one of those like really, really sad moments. Yeah. Even though, again, I just had complicated relationship, even in the books, uh, Dumbledore was likable. There was stuff to like about him. But then also uh, too, like even in the seventh book, when you learn more about his past and you learn that like Dumbledore was not a, a godlike perfect fucking wizard. It's no. like, yeah, he was yeah. very powerful, but he was very flawed and he was making decisions 
for himself and for Harry based on his own traumas that he had endured in life and his own fuck-ups and mistakes that he had made. It's like the way the seventh book really fleshed him out, it kind of, I'm not going to say it excuses the stuff that he did, but it makes you go, oh, like he was making bad, he was making bad decisions this whole time. He's a flawed and damaged and human character, even though he was the greatest wizard in the world. Uh, But in the movies, Man, he's a manipulative, terrible old man. <laughs> yep. And a huge cock block, dude. Huge oh, cock block. Oh, man, what a cock block. Like, seriously, like, that that, that uh, cute chick at that, that little cafe was, uh, she was into Harry and his his uh, uh, paper that made her think her head gone round the twist. Is that what oh, she man. said? Well, you know, he's talking about that tosser, <laughs> Harry Potter. Uh-huh. That oh perks your ears up. Okay, here's the thing, and maybe this is just my um, <laughs> this is my own shit talking here. When I hear mm-hmm. people talk about someone being a tosser, uh huh, I assume that shorthand for salad tosser, right? Oh, <laughs> huh? I never thought of it like that. <laughs> and she's like, "I want to find out more about this salad yeah. tosser, Harry Potter." Okay. I get off, I get off at eleven. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's a tosser, <laughs> is he? I get off at eleven. Like shit, that's serious. That is, listen. I, I mean, in case anyone's listening out there and they're like, I can never tell when somebody likes me. When they tell you they get off at eleven, they like you. Who wants to hang out at eleven? It's a good point. <laughs> they they are not looking to hang out. She well, pretty I mean, much could have said, I get off at sixty nine. <laughs> yes, you know. Like, and again this movie's just too fucking horny like there's just so many moments uh of like like harry's exuberance at, at uh uh girls that the again the jenny scenes don't work because yeah so, i know he doesn't man. seem as into it and that's the thing is like how are we supposed to believe he's so fucking into jenny and stuff when 10 minutes earlier he was just trying to hook up with some muggle girl in a coffee shop yeah and then he sees jenny in a window and he's like oh fawning yeah that's is, an, their relationship is weird i mean it feels like it feels obligatory it feels like she was like well i have to have the ending has to be that uh, uh, Hermione and Ron get together, and I guess I'll make sure Harry also marries someone from high school. A very normal thing in the wizarding world for some reason. I guess so. I mean, it happens in the regular world, but uh, I, I I don't think it's as, as regular as it is in the wizarding world, because it seems like <laughs> everybody just marries somebody they went to high school with. It sure does definitely seem that way, man. It really, really does. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that entire stuff with their relationship just seems very, very fucking joyless to me. And again, it's it's so much added on shit. That entire intro scene that was just tacked on for seemingly no reason. Dumbledore shows up and he's like, see how fucked off my hand is? It's pretty crazy. <laughs> anyway, let's go. Like, really? That's how you're going to spend part of this two and a half hour movie? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, the way you just described it made it really funny. That's so it. It'd be better if it was like that. Yeah, but, for you know, real. Let's talk about some other just made-up bullshit they added into this. They cut all this extremely important stuff, but they were like, you know what we should add in? A scene where the burrow gets burnt down. Ugh. For fuck all reason. And also, it makes like, they, no th- sense. They ignore it. Like, seventh movie yeah. comes around, burrow is fine. Yep. It, 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 it has... It raises Buckle. no stakes, but no. it raises a lot of questions. Like, 
oh no what will the weasley family do for a home afterward oh, oh no-, no oh nothing nothing we don't we don't know oh, okay well and also like, too dude like in, in a magical world where as we saw earlier whenever jim Brombit was in that like wrecked ass house and yeah. Dumbledore was like, oh, let's clean up a little bit. And it, like, damn, reconstructs a chandelier yeah, is, glass shard by glass shard. I'm pretty yeah. sure you can probably fucking fix a burnt down house pretty easy, guys. You know what they could also do? They could stop the house from burning down. What the fuck are they doing? I don't I, know. Aguamentia. It shows it in the movie. Aguamentia. Fucking shoot water out. Like, there's things you could be what? doing here, right? But that's the thing. is, there's That's what, like, that... All those questions, the more you think about them, you're like, oh, there's zero stakes to this. It means no. nothing. Nothing, dude. So what's the point of throwing it in when it wasn't well, <laughs> It wasn't in the book? And that's like, what I can't figure out. That entire scene where it's like, it's Christmas, it's cozy, it's at the burrow, lovey-dovey, yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, the Death Eaters come and attack. The Death Eaters know they can't kill Harry. Harry is right. for the Dark Lord only. Right. Snape even clarifies that. At the end of the movie, where he's like, mm-hmm. Bellatrix, you can't kill him. He's for the Dark Lord. You know that. So what was Bellatrix and Fenrir, and I guess there was like two other mass Death Eaters, what yeah. was their point in even doing this anyway? Was it just like, you know what will really fucking piss him off? Let's ruin Christmas. What's the fucking <laughs> point of this, dude? <laughs> that I mean, I think what you just said is it. They were That's like, it. We'll make them look super bad because they ruined Christmas. And it's How about like, Fenrir? Yeah, I guess. How about Fenrir, though? Uh, the, all right. so, the, the hairy man. Because, honestly, if you're just watching these werewolf, movies, yeah. there's no way you'd know he's a fucking werewolf. For one, it right. never says the word werewolf. For two, yeah. he's just kind of always hairy and scruffy looking and doesn't do anything werewolfy. Yeah, so... I mean, this movie has I, already showed. This movie series has already showed us what werewolves look like in the third one. Yeah, they're uh-huh. these tall, skinny, lycanthrope fucking things. That is not what Fenrir looks like. He looks like a guy. He looks like Wolverine, if anything. And he doesn't do anything wolfy. What so fucking ever? It also no. never tells us that he's the one that turned Lupin into a werewolf. What Which is the is fucking relevance to this character? Right. Well, I. I mean, I think they may have been trying to avoid some stuff because she she said about lupin that uh he lupin the the werewolf character was supposed to be representative of of people's stigmas toward uh contagious diseases specifically like hiv so she established that lycanthropy is essentially hiv in this world it's wizard aids yeah well now she's given us a character who goes around intentionally infecting children with HIV. Oh, you mean like those uh, gay predators in national parks that I was you know, warned about as a child in the early 90s? Yes. So she's taken this weird fucking crazy-ass conspiracy theory about uh, gay men giving kids AIDS on purpose this is and shit made I a grew character up with. out of it. This is like satanic panic stuff. Like, I know. Right. Like So like... Why? I, I don't understand, man. I, I don't know. Like, I just feel like there's just... She has always secretly been just hateful towards the entire LGBTQ community. Like, why would you create that character? Like, what... If you've... You've already said 
in interviews that lycanthropy is supposed to be about the stigma of that. So the way they treated Lupin is about the stigma of him having HIV. Well, now you've got, you've got this other guy who you're saying has HIV intentionally going around spreading it to children. That is like you were playing into a fear from the late 80s, early 90s, uh, just bullshit fear. And that's crazy enough as it is, except that you never once in the fucking movie explained that he is a werewolf and he's giving you something transmittable. Like, he just looks like a hairy wizard. You're a hairy wizard. That's Fenrir. Like, (laughs) Potter got your wizard hairy. hairy Fenrir got your hairy wizard. That's it, right? (laughs) Yes. What the fuck is the point of that character, dude? Like, why even introduce him? Why even introduce his character? Just, like, leave that character out entirely. There's no reason to introduce him. leave him out of the movies but also why why is he in the book <laughs> like he's like he, he like if she hadn't established that he's just a scary werewolf character and it's like oh okay like he's scary and like creepy and bad but he you've established the connection to hiv so you're establishing a, a very gross idea um i and i i, I can't i can't imagine that like like how is that unintentional how is it when you say in an interview that you mean for it to be like hiv then you create a character that does that i it's just blowing my mind yeah. I, let's move past it yeah so <laughs> finra grayback is not involved in these movies at all uh, no but they yeah. had to have that scene where they burn the burrow down because there had to be some kind of action beat dude because this movie yeah, and it's pacing yeah. oh my god are horrible dude like yeah. you know whenever we were going to watch this last night you know like, like I said we had just finished watching through volume one of Stranger Things we have these mm-hmm. two episodes of volume two just you know right there on Netflix they're waiting for us and then I'm like wow, but we got to watch this movie for the show fuck it's yeah. two and a half hours it's a two and a half it hour is. long movie and you know we we buckled down we started watching it movie starts oh my god you know the wizarding world is spilling over into the real world all kinds of terrible stuff is happening meanwhile at school there's (laughs) there's crushes and stuff going on yeah and it's like i have a note you know in my notes where i'm like one hour in and i do not know the plot like what is the arc what is the forward momentum going on right here it's like harry's at school there's bad stuff happening yeah. Uh, in the outside world that we're ignoring because we're playing Quidditch and shit. Uh, there's, there's honestly nothing going on. Like, this is yeah. a year at Hogwarts that's kind of normal, honestly. Yeah. Uh, the pacing of this is horrible. But the thing about it is, is, like, there had to be some kind of an action beat at this point in the story because they decided to cut out a big climactic final battle at Hogwarts because, like, well, that's what happens at the end of the seventh book. Except that that's not what happens at the end of the seventh movie. No. So they could have done a big battle at Hogwarts yeah. at the end of this, and it would have been fine, because the next movie doesn't end like that. And then the eighth movie ends with a ginormous battle at Hogwarts. Instead, yeah. this movie ends with, like, I don't know, some Death Eaters get in through a cabinet. Oh, they kill Dumbledore. Then they just kind of walk out yep. scot-free. <laughs> See ya. And nothing happens. And again, at the end of the day, as I've said on previous episodes, Wizard Hitler's entire plan is step one, beat a school. 
Like, that's that's the plan. Imagine if, like, in the real world, if, like, Hitler's fucking World War II damn endgame is like, first I will defeat Harvard. I'll, <laughs> I'll say this, that? though. I, I mean, that is the battleground they chose. It is the battleground that they're working on. I mean, all, all the rules about trans kids, LGBTQ kids. All right, schools, all right. All, like, it is the battleground they chose because they knew exactly that that no they're not going to be able to do the hitler thing they're going to have to indoctrinate they're going yeah, to yeah, have yeah. to take away people's uh, abilities to feel different uh mm-hmm. to to actually be different in school so uh, yeah again like in you're way, right yeah. it makes no sense but it is the battle they chose <laughs> it is kind of what we're doing here yeah. but like I, yeah. I do hate the way that they changed you know the the end of this, which really, you know, this this entire book, this entire story is defined by learning about Voldemort's past and Dumbledore dies. That is the point yeah. mm-hmm. of book number six. Well, and it, it establishes the the search for the Horcruxes and all that stuff, which is then all of book seven, basically. Yeah, yeah. But you know, in the book where you have Dumbledore and Harry, they go off on this crazy adventure. Dumbledore gets poisoned, but he trusts Harry. That's why he brings Harry with him. Uh, they get back to the school. Harry's under the invisibility cloak. Dumbledore like freezes him. So like Harry is forced, powerless to watch this entire scenario play yeah. out under his cloak, where no one can see him, and he's literally frozen, watching his mentor get murdered. Like that's so much more brutal than just being like hide under the floorboards and be scared. Yeah, and don't do anything. Like Harry yeah. could have done something, dude. Yeah, that and yeah, and that's why uh, Dumbledore in the books uh, froze him because he didn't want him to. Makes he wa- sense. He needed, yeah, he needed uh, Snape to kill him so that Malfoy wouldn't have to. It was his way of saving Malfoy while also like he knew he was going to die anyway. Like it, it really was like he needed to stop Harry because Harry, the character as we understand, would come out and try to help. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so in this, yeah, it just makes him look like a coward. Yeah, and it's also more yeah. impactful, too, when, you know, after Avada Kedavra is, is cursed on Dumbledore, the freezing spell breaks, meaning he is dead. He is definitely yeah. dead. Yeah. Uh, whereas in this, it can still he's, be read a little bit ambiguously. He's flailing his arms as he's falling off the tower. Emily said that. She was like, he's, oh, he's supposed shit. to be dead. Like. He's Hans he Gruber, isn't he? Yeah, he wouldn't be doing anything. He'd be dead. He's dead. Yeah. Holy fuck. The, the spell doesn't lead to your death. It causes it. It causes the death. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. And then I like I I understand that they wanted to skip the funeral scene because it was kind of like maybe too much, though, you know, I I think it could have still worked. Uh, but having everyone just hold up their wands as like, I don't know. It it it, it seriously was like Nancy Pelosi kneeling in Kente Claw. <laughs> or it was just like we stand with Dumbledore. Like, yeah, okay, it means but a like, lot. <laughs> like, but what? Like, I mean, like it just happened. Like, you're already paying a vigil. Like, do something. Right? <laughs> like, true. Do something. I will say, too, though, and you touched on this just a second ago, the way that 
the way that the movie plays the character of Malfoy, or sorry, the way that the book plays the character of Malfoy and Dumbledore at the last moment, you know, understanding he's like, I don't need to make this kid go through with this. This kid can be saved. I don't want to put him through this thing that he feels like he needs to do, which is killing yeah. me. Like Dumbledore is still very sympathetic towards Malfoy and sees him as this pathetic character who is a product of his environment i mean the kid was raised by nazis he doesn't even want to do this thing but he feels like he has to um that is like a deep part of that entire last scene where you know that dumbledore is just like this kid doesn't have to do this he's like dude don't don't ruin your life don't do this uh that's kind of downplayed in here too the character of malfoy in this played by tom felton right yeah tom felton Uh uh-huh I mean, he, he's great. Like, he... Yeah, he's a great know, actor. Yeah. In in the first couple movies, I kind of criticized him for really, like, overacting really hard. Yeah. he's He he, he was always shouting to the back seats. Like, he definitely oh, yeah. was, like, Harry seemed much Potter. more theatrical. Yeah. Just <laughs> spitting those lines out all yeah, the time. Uh-huh. Um, I think that he's come a long way. And in this, he he does definitely have that vibe where he's like, you know, I know what I need to do. I don't know if that if I have the power to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He seems reluctant and sad and angry and confused. Like, he plays the school shooter of the wizard world very well. Yeah, he he is sympathetic, and, and the way he plays it does make up for what you're saying about not having that element of Dumbledore trying to save him because he sees there's some good in him. Even though that is that is his, his motivation, it's just yeah. not, not really established. You know what I would have done, though, if I was, you know, playing on the bad guy team with uh, Narcissa and Bellatrix and all them, um, I would have just, like, probably plucked a few of Malfoy's hairs out and given them to, like, Fenrir and had him enroll in school as Malfoy (laughs) and then just, like, murdered Dumbledore day one. (laughs) I probably would have done that, then be like, you know what the ultimate plan is for the Dark Lord? Let's entrust a child to repair a piece of technology, this vanishing cabinet, in the school to sneak us in. And then ultimately, at the end of the day, even if they sneak the bad guys in, it's still the child's job to do the thing and kill the headmaster of the school, even though we're there. What, yeah, like in the book, there was a lot more reason to have all that backup, right? Because they had like had to fight at their, the end. Yeah, exactly. They had to fight their way, you know, in and out and stuff. And it's like that all makes sense in the movie. Yeah, it makes no sense. Dude, Just like in to the have movie, an audience. That's 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 <laughs> what I'm saying. Is like in the movie, it makes no sense because ultimately, at the end of the day, could Malfoy have not just been like? Whatever, fucking passing Dumbledore in the hallway and been like, about a cadaver! And just yeah. killed him right there. Could you not have done it just that way? Like, why did yeah. you need to have this huge elaborate setup where you're spending <laughs> the whole movie trying to figure out how to get this vanishing cabinet to work when ultimately you're the one that does the dirty work? The bad guys you snuck in are there to, let's say, at the end of the movie, break a bunch of glass in the dining hall, uh, <laughs> burn no Hagrid's reason. hut down, and then leave? What was the fucking point of that? I don't know. It's so shitty, though. Again, dude, like, fucking Malfoy and Dumbledore could have been pissing in side-by-side chamber pots. <laughs> and Malfoy could be like, hey, Dumbledore, what's up? <laughs> Done. Done. Dumbledore's, Dumbledore's going to make his poop disappear and just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fucking Dumbledick is gone. 
Yeah. Why did it have to be that complicated? For the movie. Uh, Again, in the book, it made sense. They needed reinforcements. The school, Mm -hmm. and this is what makes no fucking sense, they showed us earlier in the movie, the school is protected by aurors at every fucking entrance and exit. Where the fuck were they when these fucking Death Eaters were just running around, breaking shit, kicking stuff off the table, breaking glass, and then just walking out of the school? What's the fucking point? Yeah, no, it it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to show the horrors if you're not going to have them fight at the end. No. Uh, and, and if exactly. you do show them, then have a fight at the end. And also, why fight. not have a fucking fight at the end? We need something to happen. We need something to happen, man. I totally, totally agree, dude. Ugh. There's just a lot of shit in this, man, that just does not work, doesn't make sense if you think about it even for one second. I mean, we, we've talked a lot of shit. I'll, I will say there are a few good things in this that I think are very well done. I think that I think the effects in the movie are pretty sick. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I yeah, I I mean like I think there are a couple things every once in a while where I was like, "Oh, you can you can see it, but it's 2009. Of course you can. You can see some edges and whatnot." Yeah, it looks good in but general. But they also make uh, the, the the whole movie looks so not realistic. The whole movie looks so unreal that mm. whenever there are effect shots, they kind of blend in, like okay, like for yeah, example, yeah. like the uh-huh. entire um, the entire cave scene. Whenever Harry and Dumbledore go, yeah, to the that's cave. all, yeah, CGI. Uh huh. But it doesn't look out of place because the whole no. movie has looked not real up to that point anyway. Like I, I love yep. the way that cave looks with all those like big crystals. Yeah. And it's very uh-huh. like square form and geometric, and even the the Inferian stuff. Like I think they look pretty cool. That scene where Harry yeah. falls into the water with the one that's pretty dope. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I like that. I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I think, I think, uh, yeah, when when Katie gets like lifted up and stuff, that looks good. Looks cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. The I mean, fire the spell that Dumbledore casts to get rid of oh, the fairy. Oh yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, that looks fucking great, man. There's some really cool looking stuff in here. Yeah, for sure. I will say though, I I don't like the color palette of the movie. We watched this on on HBO Max. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Maybe it had something to do with the stream. The stream was like really good no. quality and it looked very high definition and stuff, but the uh, whole movie is like fucking uh damn, what's his name? David Fincher fucking wet dream stuff where everything is like <laughs> sepia and drab and like nasty and dirty looking the whole time. Uh, uh, the look of the movie just bummed me out. Some of the coloring decision was a studio note. Where they want they wanted it to be a, a little bit more colorful. I think it was darker before. Whoa! Um, and they wanted to to have a little more color to it. So I th- I think yeah, a lot of that just came through in a kind of sepia tone added to a lot of the darker scenes. And so here's the weird thing about that is like while we were watching the movie, I was like, man, this whole movie is like diarrhea tones. Like everything is like brown <laughs> to yellow, like dirty yeah. yellow. It's like all shit tones. And then I went on YouTube afterwards and I watched some of the deleted scenes that weren't as like filtered out and didn't have those like colored tones laid on yeah. top of everything. They looked pretty fucking great actually the unfinished deleted scenes i was like damn why didn't everything look like that instead i mean this was nominated for an academy award for cinematography um and i i think if we had not gotten that color change like it 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 would overall look way better i think Um, so but yeah i i think yeah i think 
I saw some of those deleted scenes too. I think that they look better. The everything shot really well, but you're right; it does have that like just sort of uh, diarrhea palette a lot of the time. <laughs> diarrhea yeah. palette. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Do you have any other like positives you put out about the movie that you really enjoyed? Um, I mean, you know, every, uh, the kids all um, are at a point where they are g- good actors. They and, are, and true. That, yeah, yeah. So, like, uh, Rupert Grant, great. I think great. he does such a good job of being Ron. Uh, Emma Watson still bringing it out as always. She is Hermione, um, you know, and, and Dan- Daniel Radcliffe is finally just at a point where he is... He's the Daniel Radcliffe you see now, where he's just a good actor. Yes. Um, and, and, a, and a joy to watch, so... Um, yeah, and uh, but as you said, like uh, you don't see as many of the characters for long. Like you know, I, I think Seamus says one line. Uh, he does blow Dean. some stuff up, though. Uh, yes, of course he does. Uh, of course he does. Uh, Dean Thomas, I think, has like one line. Like there's just like all the characters are there, but they don't really. Neville's have... barely there. Yep, Neville barely. I mean the the scene with, I think uh, the scene where Neville um, is. Like he didn't get into the slug club and now he's like working as a as a waiter at the slug club Christmas thing. That scene with him and Harry, I think that was done really good. That's just written really good um, from a perspective of knowing that Neville is could have been Harry. And yeah. so like you're seeing a kind of prince and pauper situation where like the only difference between Neville and Harry in this moment is Neville isn't famous because Voldemort chose Harry rather than Neville right. uh, to try to kill. Um, and it, it is an interesting moment of where like, yeah, oh, Harry does have this immense amount of privilege. Yes, his parents died. I mean, that's obviously negative. Yeah, not uh, that Neville's parents got it easy. Either, exactly. Though. Yeah, so, they just didn't get like, you know massacred by the right person. Right. Exactly. Like this world is still the Wizarding world still very much relies on ideas of popularity and like <laughs> yeah, who's the coolest. It's it's weird, but also like that is just a good moment uh, of like it also shows that Neville Neville's not he's not like heartbroken about it. He doesn't care. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine with him. And Neville's always, like, really cool because of that. He's never had as much of a pity party as Harry has about his own life. (laughs) Exactly. Like, Harry Potter had an entire pity party year. Like, Neville's (laughs) always just kind of upbeat about everything. And it's like, oh, he's just a great kid. It's true. It's true. Yeah. What do you think about that room of requirement scene with Harry and Jenny? This is pivotal in their romance. I, I have uh-huh. some ideas about the room of requirement that I just want to well, talk yeah, about. <laughs> I, I feel like that room of requirement must not have been reading Jenny's mind, because if it was Jenny's room of requirement, it would have looked a lot sexier. Like, <laughs> Dude, she is, you're reading my mind right yeah. now. Dude, you're stealing my jokes. You're stealing my material. Yeah, okay. Because I was Let's seriously thinking this whole time, I'm like, okay, so if... If, if one person walks into the room of requirement, it's just like, yeah, whatever. Oh, I got to take a, a piss. It's got a chamber pot in it. Whatever. If multiple people enter the room of requirement, <laughs> Who it's does like, it does, read? Yeah, yeah, it's like, does it read the thoughts of both of them or just the first person or whatever? Because I'm thinking <laughs> like that scene where Jenny and Harry go into the room to to hide the, uh, the book, to hide the, yeah. the Half-Blood Prince mm-hmm. uh, book there. Like, if it had been reading both of their minds, they would have walked in there 
And it, it would have been like for Harry, it's just like, oh yeah, there's all this stuff. There's plenty of places to hide this book under this giant box of condoms. <laughs> what is this over here? Maybe I can hide it under this huge tub of lube. <laughs> Jenny's just wiggling her eyebrows. Yeah, she's like, wink, <laughs> wink, like nodding glance. Maybe I'll hide it under this, uh, what's that thing called? That like wedge-shaped like sex pillow Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Thing. I think she's called a wedge, yes. yeah. It's like, maybe I'll put it behind this unknowingly yeah. or behind this foxtail butt plug. <laughs> <laughs> and Harry's got to be like, I didn't require any of this stuff. <laughs> She's like, yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, hey, Harry, maybe you just uh, put on that gimp suit and try hiding the book. <laughs> <laughs> and again, we're not encouraging teenage sex. It, I'm just reading the movie because the, the movie plays. The yeah, the movie plays all those scenes like she is really trying to have sex with him she's dts and he's, just, and he's scared <laughs> he's scared it seems like he's like oh fuck she's trying to fuck it's also got me thinking too about like you know with uh with the fifth movie there with the dumbledore's army thing like if all yeah. these teenagers met in the room of requirement mm-hmm. and then you know they meet in there and there's like oh yeah there's all these you know cushions we can practice our our levitation spells on whatever is that a huge furry suit in the corner <laughs> who's requiring that and there's somebody who's looking around like i don't know i, I got no yeah. idea seamus is like uh, uh, me mom <laughs> yeah me mom <laughs> <laughs> like that room of requirement dude there's got to be some requirements that it meets that are a little bit revealing right yeah absolutely like that i i just thinking about that because like again like th- this one has so much of that like teenage sexual energy like I was just thinking, like, yeah, you w- wouldn't that be a thing where, like, somebody would be walking in that hallway and just, like, really got the urge to jerk off? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. You walk in, it's like lube and tissues. Yeah. Oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's like every wall is like a screen of porn playing. <laughs> There's definitely a large hard on collider in there for somebody, right? <laughs> <laughs> for sure 100% large heart on glider in there <laughs> there's some questions that you gotta ask about that room requirement man yeah makes a man wonder makes a man wonder it does dude I I, I don't love this movie I really do yeah. love the book like I think the the it, sixth it book is, is, book. is, is mm-hmm. really cool it kind of holds the same place as as the third book does where you're just like okay this isn't a Harry versus Voldemort story. This is somehow right. expanding beyond and expanding mm-hmm. the universe and introducing me to other characters and parts of this world that I didn't know about before. Yeah. And it is that big, you know, going over that hill, that exposition dump before you take that final plunge into the epic final battle of Hogwarts right. and all that. Like, the sixth book is is really, really neat. I think it does a lot of... Uh, in, instilling a lot of lore, kind mm-hmm. of building the character of Voldemort to where it's just like, he's not this, oh, he's the devil. It's like, oh, no, like his entire past is fucked up. His family yeah, is like yeah. super warped and weird, and his entire origins are really dark. It does a lot to expand all that stuff. I just don't feel like this fucking movie does at all. No, no, it doesn't. Um, I, I think, you know, the... 
the good moments in this are particularly good. As I said, the horror moments um, and, and Harry on the the Felix Felicis, but um, everything else is just kind of boring and very doesn't yeah doesn't just really doesn't provide a story worth following. And it's two and a half hours. <laughs> it's two and a half hours. It is a whole two and a half hours. This is a Marvel length movie. Right. Oh, it didn't need to be, man. And it's so stupid, too, considering that the last movie, which was the biggest book, is the shortest movie, and then they followed up with this two-and-a-half-hour-long thing? Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, you know, again, as we said, I, I don't know that this will be remade anytime soon, especially with the way the, the last uh, Fantastic Beast movie did and all that Woof. stuff. But, like, yeah. If they were to consider remaking this, it works. It would work best as a series, and you you have to break the pattern of the book and not really try to portray the book, but portray the stories in the book. Totally. In a way that works uh, episodically, because it it doesn't work. It doesn't work as movies. I don't think. I just it just can't. No, I don't think so yeah. either, man. I don't think so either. Uh, I can't even say they did the best with what they had. I, I think that there was a better story to be told right here. There was, for sure. Uh, I, I don't love it, man. Honestly, like I, I'm trying to think, like, do I like do I like the fifth one more than this? I think I do I because do. it's shorter, at least. Honestly, like, I, I know that yeah. you do, but like I, I, you know, as I said last year, really don't like that fifth movie, like yeah, whatsoever. And I but, get it. Yeah. Dude, like at least it tells more of a story. There's more stuff going on for its running time, and its running time's a lot shorter than this one. Yeah. I think this is probably the worst of the entire series. It might very well be. I think we'll have to actually do our 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 uh worst of or best of ranking when we come to the end of this. Um sure. but I, I think it might very well be the worst um as a movie. Um, yeah, I, I, it, the fifth one at the very least has a central villain, right? Like, yeah, you, you hate, uh, Umbridge. Umbridge. Yeah. Very clearly she's the villain. And then you get the confrontation with, you know, Voldemort and all the stuff that happens in the ministry, like killer final battle. Awesome. Yeah. All that stuff is cool. And yeah. And this just doesn't have those moments and doesn't have that clear villain type of thing. Like, and at least the fifth one has, you know, visuals that are joyful and magical and and whimsical, you know, people trying to have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, other, other than the opening with the joke shop bit. Yeah. There's not really any of that. That moment where they go into, yeah. Um, uh, the Weasley's, you know, joke shop. That is the one mm-hmm. part in this movie where I'm like, this feels magical. This feels like yep. an escape from the real world. I see why these people want to live here instead of living in, you know, PlayStation and Led Zeppelin land. Uh, <laughs> that's the that's the only moment. And it lasts maybe a minute or two. And then it's back to diarrhea tone shit the rest <laughs> of the movie, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Ugh. Yep. It's not so good, man. So what are you going to rate it? What's the number? Uh, ooh, dude, it's it's low, dude. I'm gonna say, yeah, the positives are gonna be some of the effects, some of the performances. That's gonna bring it up to like two and a half for me, dude. Oh, okay, yeah. Hard. I was gonna say, I'm gonna say two. So, yeah, I think I think we're right there in agreement that this it's is, not enjoyable. 
Like not it's enjoyable, not fun. Not fun. It it loses any of the like fun that even the fifth movie has like, even the fifth crazy. movie yeah. yeah yeah the emo harry and fucking yeah dolores umbridge mm-hmm. movie is yeah. somehow more fun than this one yeah i mean uh, uh, again aside from the felix uh the the luck potion el- moment like you know those that's fun and stuff and the 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 aragog funeral <laughs> a spider funeral is one of the most fun parts of this boy that tells you a lot doesn't it <laughs> Yeah, the part where there's a spider funeral. Best part yep. of the movie. Yep. Ugh, it's not good. Yep. I'll look forward to hearing your all thoughts about this one over on our, our social media pages. Our Facebook group is the bomb. It's the only reason to be mm-hmm. on Facebook. We got the, uh, the Instagrams, the Twitters. You guys can find all of our social medias on our Linktree page. Just check out the Linktree for Dead and Lovely there. Be sure to yep. rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. I need more reviews on there and Spotify. That would help us out a ton. And it would also help us out if you joined our Patreon. Oh, yeah. Patreon.com forward slash Dead and Lovely. Head Ooh. on over there. Become a patron on any level. You get access to our uh, Patreon exclusive episodes. Got one coming out uh, this, this Thursday or Friday about the second half of uh, Stranger Things 4. Um uh, if you become a patron on Fight Other Level, you get to throw a movie into the smoking bowl, and then Ooh. we, once a month, draw from that smoking bowl, and then we cover the movie that we draw from that smoking bowl. It's a fun time. You're done right, we do. And it's also going to be a really fun time on next week's episode as we delve <laughs> into, man, one of my favorites. I, I fucking love yeah. Fulci's Zombie, or as it's sometimes called, Zombie 2. We'll talk about yeah. why next time. Yes, we will. Uh-huh. Dude, you want to talk about a zombie movie with conquistadors? <laughs> you want to talk about a zombie movie with um, skaboobing, which is scuba diving with boobs out? Yeah, skaboobing, for sure. Skaboobing. You ever seen a zombie fight a shark? Because <laughs> you're gonna. Because you're fucking gonna. Dude, this movie... Yeah. And it's yeah. ridiculous ass fucking like island soundtrack. Yep. Yeah. I'm excited I love to talk zombie. about it because I wanted to do a shark movie, uh, and, and I was thinking like, oh, Jaws two is kind of a slog. I'd love to get to like Jaws three or Jaws four, and then it's like, well, there's a shark fight in <laughs> Zombie two. So fucking that's, that's summertime, man. Yeah. That's summertime right there. Yeah. So we'll be talking about that one next time. So be sure to tune in then. Uh, in the meantime, thank you guys so much for listening to this week's installment of Dead and Lovely. I've been your good buddy, Uncle Ben. I've been Hollywood Steve. And you guys have been fantastic. We'll catch up with you guys next time. Indus Podcasticus. <laughs> That's the magic noise. Yeah. Bye. Bye, Right? Exiticus. Yeah, yeah. Exiticus. The Endus. The Endus. Yeah. All right, so I see the young people out there. And they're trying to bring back stuff that we was doing back when we was kinder kids, right? I see these right. kids out uh-huh. there wearing their, their bucket hats. I oh, see yeah. these kids uh-huh. out there wearing a Jinko. They're yeah. sagging a pant again. They're bringing oh, it all back, no. right? Why? Come on. I don't know. But, I don't oh, really yeah. know about that Ugh. one. But I'm just saying, like, they need to do more than just adopt trends that already existed. They need to, like, add stuff onto it 
and bring yeah. some new elements in, right? Yeah, what do you got in mind? Right. I got this idea. I got an idea that I think all the cool kids should do. I think that kids are a lot more responsible about safer sex probably than we were when we were kids. I think there's a little probably. bit more of a conversation there. But yeah. they're not styling. They need to style this <laughs> thing up, right? This is right. why I'm suggesting they add in the sagging condom, all right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay. I'm just saying, you know, you got your you got your, your partner of choice there in the bedroom. You're mm-hmm. like, hang on, let me slip into something more comfortable. You slip into the bathroom to, to you know, put that Jimmy hat on. Uh-huh. And you come out of the bathroom with that thing just riding low. You know what I mean? <laughs> riding low. It looks dangerous. It looks cool, right? It, it also indicates, like, I'm going to fill this up. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? This is Fill her all up. night. Fill her <laughs> maybe, up. Maybe that's what you do. You kind of like tap on it with your finger and you're like, hey, fill her up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking maybe like some people even ride so low. Like You remember back in the day, like, was it that D'Angelo video where the camera just kept panning out and you're like, how am I yeah. not seeing his dick by now, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Like you ride that thing so low, like you even, you even got a little tip hanging out, you know? Just a little tip. <laughs> Just, Just off to the side, tip. though. You know, you style it to the side. I, I mean, I can see some reasons why it, it, it would make uh, the condom less effective. <laughs> but I it's not see. about that, dude. Kids are about the aesthetic. They're about that hashtag aesthetic life, dude. Okay. I mean, yeah. No, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> so, like, maybe, like, in each package of of uh, of these sagging rubbers you include like like a bunch of plan b <laughs> okay well you know just that be on way, the safe side you know just like listen we all know you just want to look cool here this will help with the baby <laughs> yeah well you know that's that's probably a fair idea i think that we got to get this message out to the young people maybe even by introducing this new style with like a really hip rap called bagging and sagging you know because like you're bagging, bagging you, you got a dong bag on sagging yeah but no, you're and, sagging and, it and, and you remember the early 90s, like, rap was selling condoms. Like, oh, there yeah, was so totally. much, like, yeah. safe sex stuff thrown into it. Because it's too hot, too hot yeah. to hold, or whatever it was too by hot, Coolio. Baby. Come on. Ah, yeah, Coolio. It. Like, I wasn't yeah. allowed to listen to that stuff. Come on, I really man. think this is, a, this is a good idea. Now, I, I okay. <laughs> I, I want Bagging to say, and sagging. <laughs> yeah, I, I, want, I want to say that, like... Let's just go back to sagging coming back as a as a fashion. I don't. It didn't leave entirely because I still remember like skinny jeans sagging. Like true, there were people that wore like those. They'd wear skinny jeans and then they'd just be around their thighs, and it's like like it looks like somebody's about to go take a piss. Like that it makes does. sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, but it's a fashion that's all like that's always been like not. Uh, very uh, attractive on most people like it, it really just doesn't work for most people it, it kind of only works if like you got those cum gutters or whatever so the <laughs> sagging is like showing off like this hey look again d'angelo style for sure yeah exactly yeah but I guess with the sagging condom, it brings back that sexy element, right? Well, here's the thing: is if you got that thing all wrapped up, you can't you can't flash around that vein, you know, that big old <laughs> Snickers vein that you're rocking on that D, right? Snickers vein, yeah, yeah. 
I like that the, it's no longer a dick vein on a Snickers. It's a Snickers vein on a dick. On a dick. Yeah, exactly. So... You got to show it off a little bit, right? You do. That's right. Yeah, man. This is a great idea. I, I'm in. I'm all in. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, maybe only partially in if you're bagging inside. Hey, all right. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh, was, that, was, that was good and dumb. I like That's that. really bad. The mm. funny thing about that is, is like I was just looking in my... Because like in, in my cell phone log of like stuff I've been watching this week, this is where I also write down like my dumb ideas. Uh-huh. And I think that that was an idea I like drunkenly had really late at night at my birthday party. Uh huh. Yeah. So like I had totally forgotten about it, but I just opened up my notes and I'm like, sagging condom? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> sagging condom? And I had to sit back and think about it. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The style. It's like a style. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yes. Obviously. The and then style. I also remember at my party, like typing that into my phone and being like, I'll totally remember what I was talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do that shit all the time. Just write Drunk something me down. Drunk me thinks very highly of Sober Me's memory. Thinks right. very highly yeah. of it. He shouldn't. <laughs> no. But he's not, he's not going to learn. It's nope. drunk you. Nope. That's right. <laughs> 